Hi, welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, with me as my co-host, Clay Williams. Oh, sorry. I'm just, I'm just using my Circa 2009 Blackberry to try to take a selfie right now. Yeah. My bad. Just <laughs> quick. I mean, uh, this is just, who made this thing? Oh, it's so ineffective. <laughs> Let me just try to... Eh. And then you get like, you get the flash. Buttons are so small. What is this like, like mouse thing in the middle of it? Like, whoever made this, I feel like this is not going to be a successful company. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Are you recording this pod on on a Blackberry too? I am actually from a, uh, uh, well, fuck. What's the, I'm trying to just say it again. I don't, I don't know. What's what, what there's so many like defunct, phone companies now roto roto um, no the Motorola. motorola motorola god yes man yes that was a struggle god um <laughs> yeah i mean those uh what, what, what are some other ones can you think of uh, it nokia? nokia nokia that's a that that's yep. that's a, that's a one because it's like we're all from the generation where it's like uh, a flip phone isn't your phone but it's like a practice run phone and, it, and it's sort of like your parents testing responsibility, at least for me, it was like your parents testing responsibility and how you, you'll manage some sort of toy like this mm-hmm. while also being a seventh grader. <laughs> um, so like Nokia and Motorola, like, yes, they're before early 2010s, but also they're still coming back into being recycled because they act as like something to, to see how mature your kid can be before an iPhone. <laughs> My grandfather, quick story, and then we'll introduce our oh, guest. Okay. Um, our guests so can talk before my, they're introduced. Yeah, but, you, you're no, free to talk yeah, anytime yeah, you want. No, but please. You can chime Interrupt in at any time. No. Um, but my, so for like one Christmas, I think I was on like my second or third phone by then. My mom got me a new, like a new, I started out with prepaid phones, like cricket and shit like that. Now, I, I never got like on a plan or like a smartphone till a little later on. But like, I think I got like my second phone I've ever had. And I showed it to my grandfather because I was there for Christmas. And he told me, oh man, this is better than that plastic shit that you bought earlier. And I'm or like the plastic shit you would get for Christmas. And he referenced like toys and stuff. And I've just been like, okay, cool. And he, he, just, he literally just like slam dunked and said like, man, you kept buying all that shitty toys for so long. Finally, you got a phone. And I've, I've never heard that reaction from him ever again. It was just quite odd. Because he's usually yeah. more, like, reserved? Yeah. And he, or I think he, he may have said plastic crap. Oh, that's probably what he did. Okay, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. that's the end of the story. Uh, we we <laughs> have a guest thrilling. on here. Who, Rising yes, action climax, you. yeah. Um, Air's journey. Jack, do you yeah, want to introduce, introduce our guest? Of course. Am I, do I usually do? Yeah, I think I do that. Uh, uh, so we have Lucy May with us. Hello. How are you? Um, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? And yeah, also um, how you got into film in the first place. For sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, my, name is, my name is Lucy. Um, I'm primarily known, I guess, for Letterboxd. I'm also on Twitter and stuff. And um, I don't know. I got into film, like probably like a decade ago or so. And then it just started gradually, like by 2013, you know, I was watching the Oscars and then that's when I really got into it. Um, 
And I started video editing was the big thing about a decade ago. And so ever since then, I've been making my own videos and um, just recently getting into more film videos. And now I'm kind of testing out film essays, like video essays, um, which I haven't done before. I was just working on one today and it's like, I can't tell if it's good or not. Um, mm. But yeah, and then I also, because of Letterboxd, fell into writing. Um, so I've been doing that more lately, like film reviewing. That wasn't something I did on purpose. It was kind of like an accident. Yeah. So. And because I feel like with Letterbox, there's only, there's like a handful, um, there's a handful of profiles that you can just tell by their avatar who they are. And yeah. of course, it, has it been weird to fall into that handful and, and become known for a film review app because it's got to feel a little surreal that's something that you'll just I mean all the time but you'll just throw in like a one-line uh joke right. review and it's just like why yeah. are so many people respond to this oh no for sure that's that's the thing like I've been getting asked a lot more recently like more more as time goes on people ask me like how I got so many followers and like it was a complete accident i joined like five years ago now yeah i just hit 50k which is like insane i don't even know like how that happened but um yeah it literally started because of jokes one of my first big reviews was in like 2016 it was like the summer and it was for drive the ryan gosling movie and i'm pretty sure it just said the part where he drives the car classic and for some reason that got a bunch of likes and after that it just started kind of spiraling ever since then and like people ask me why and it's like I don't know why either it's just yeah. kind of happened but it, no it is really madness. funny right there's no it's method. Like it's just really funny yeah it's just funny because like I'll occasionally be at like a film festival um, well, I, before quarantine, I would go, you know, a couple times a year to a festival and, and every once in a while, like I'll have someone come up to me and be like, are you? And I'm like, how do you even know what I look like? That's, yeah. that's crazy. But, but no, I've, I've never had too many like bad interactions. It's all just cool. I just like being able to talk about movies and, and when people respond, if it's bad, I just ignore it. So yeah, I'm, at I'm least sorry. no bad interactions, by now. not online. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. just used to to uh, to the online stuff nowadays. So. Of course, um, I, I I just think that's yeah. I've never had like something, or at least I rarely have something blow up like that. So it's not like I'm I'm used to not only having those numbers accumulate like that, but also like the the side of the internet where it's like I can't know how to respond to it so much. Um, right like criticism of my criticism but but no that's that's awesome that you've you found a following and now you're also trying like being you're being interrogated for it um yeah 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 Yeah. a little bit i have noticed that in letterboxd there has been this retaliation of like people like you lucy like brat pitt um our Mm -hmm. former um our former guest katie boozer um like Katie. Uh, mm-hmm. Former and future, she will be back on. But like there is this I see all these letterbox bros like, man, why why do 
why do people follow these people only tell jokes i write these you know a hundred a thousand word essays on the power the power of uh, the godfather um and i just noticed that a lot more and more and it's interesting how it's got like how it's there we're at this i mean we can talk about like the weird temp like the weird atmosphere of letterbox another time but I have just noticed that like that rising of this like resentment people have just because people tell yeah. good jokes and get a lot of followers. Cause let's and be honest, Brad that Pitt drive too. joke, I just, pretty good. That drive review. It's a pretty good joke. I just remember Adrian Balboa. <laughs> She's really funny too. Oh yeah. Adrian Balboa and uh, Demi and Karsten. Love Demi and Karsten and Jay. Yeah. I, I like most, like most of the people in the top, like, they're all kind people is the thing. Like we get bad reputations for like no reason at all. Like one, like one joke doesn't say who a person, like who a person actually is. It's just funny to me that, you know, it's escalated to such a degree. It's a public diary essentially. Mm -hmm. And for sure. It's funny that you can push somebody's button so easily, but then it's like that person they'll have like letter like top fours like joker and oh no well let's, let's get out of that let's get out of that <laughs> no. not not joker <laughs> no, uh, no no joker oh my gosh i don't gonna even know joker. who that guy is I, I don't i don't even know who that is joker what kind of name's <laughs> that um but have, uh, one more question then we can like then we can start talking about the movie but like no this is a full-on fe- interview yeah, full on interview yeah, about Letterbox and Lucy. I'm, um, I'm down for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're going to end your, your life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you, like, as the app, because the app has, I mean, it's gotten really popular it, amongst our bubble of film, of film nerds and whatever, but like, it, like, right. it's really just kind of exploded. Um, maybe not as of like, not like, recently like in the last six months or so but just like consistently does that like do you kind of wish that it didn't because the more people that come onto it i mean yes the more great unique voices but also the more it it can get a little more less pure because like i've noticed like rising social media apps like it starts out with these like this core group that and it feels really like intimate and fun and freewheeling and then the moment it gets popular it gets kind of, you know, drowned out by um, uh, bad faith actors, let's say. Yeah, for sure. I think that, um, I don't know, I've kind of always had the experience I have now, like, since, like, 2016. Like, I had comments on my stuff that was saying, like, I miss when Letterboxd was this group of actual reviewers and stuff and I was actually the person that they called the outsider. And so now it's people like me and Mia, Brad Pitt and Katie and stuff like that, that have just because we made a couple jokes that people think are funny, you know, and then we get called the outsiders to this day. But like, I, I don't know. I like where the website is heading. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, like how big it's getting. And I don't know how much bigger it, could get because you know obviously it is kind of like a film nerd thing like no matter you know how much we want to say everyone can use it like it does take you know some dedication to like log everything rate everything you've watched and remember to log stuff I have friends I try to get them to use it and they forget like Mm -hmm. stuff like that but um I don't know I just think it's really cool like recently um Letterboxd 
like partnered with Neon to send out like screeners of one of their new movies like a couple days early. And so that was just something that like, yeah, like I wasn't expecting and I just got the email and yeah, it's just stuff like that, that I feel like the fact that even a production company like Neon is realizing that there's like an audience there and they're like paying attention. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's free. Yeah. I, I I love the app. Um, I, I've been able to like curate since I don't have a big following curate who I interact with on the app. So I have an easier time, um, especially compared to any any female reviewer who has somewhat of a popular following. It just, <laughs> Jesus, sometimes. But no, I, I really dig the app. I dig the community. And, and I'm just so glad that um, whatever its faults are, we're able to interact and meet new people like you and Katie and have them on the podcast and just talk some movies. And future. For sure. And That's what I like about well. it. Yeah. Yeah. Future guests. That's what I like is there's like, a community that's actually like we're becoming friends i yeah. i really enjoy and growing about too. it like yeah. for sure for sure uh Social yeah media, it's a beautiful thing absolutely especially it's, when it's but even though it's ugly a lot of times it's also yeah. beautiful it's, and it's, it's so fun. new right that's yeah and, it, yeah yeah um, so what was your social first... media this is a very this is this connects directly to the film this is a very social are you gonna social crack out your blackberry film. again is this what's happening <laughs> no i it actually just broke i mean like really right, easily right. you're just like you're just like the whole episode you're just screwing them together you're and like taking a fix reverse it. selfie yeah, just, yeah. What, what a piece of shit of a technology i mean i just i can't I, it, it you know i can't believe that company will be successful one day or right. anything it's funny like the old joke about nokia is, is that their phones are just bricks like you can't they are them. legit bricks so. <laughs> um i will so chime your... in from the thing earlier that was my first phone the uh, brick nokia i paid mm. i played snake on it yes in yes. middle school uh, classic. that was my yes. first phone yeah classic. oh my god such nostalgia um uh, so what was your first time like seeing this the bling ring by the way that's uh, the, the movie you're talking the about bling Sophia ring. coppola's the bling ring 2013 2013 yes um, the first time I saw it, I actually have a funny story related to this, and I forgot that this story existed because I'm quite embarrassed of it to this day, but I'll go ahead and tell it because it's funny. So okay. when I first saw it, like, everyone was super excited. We were all like, okay, let's, you know, watch it, let's watch it. Um, so I went to, like, watch it, and I watched half the movie, and I was like, you know, it's funny, I don't see Emma Watson. And I got through half of the movie before I realized I was watching the 2010 Lifetime version of The Bling Ring that has the exact same title. And so I watched yeah. half of that film before I shut it off and just felt like a, an idiot. And I had to go and find the real <laughs> that had just come out. So really I wouldn't recommend yeah. that one at all, by the way. <laughs> it's really I, weird. So I have an Apple TV and I voice command the bling ring and there's three different th- movies that popped up and I'm like, what are right. these different movies? I've never heard of them. And I, okay. That's really funny. I actually have yeah. a story similar. Um, okay. wait, what? I went to go watch uh, the Angley movie that doesn't exist called taking Woodstock and it's not real. So nobody tried to look it up. And uh, I accidentally watched the Woodstock documentary um, like a clown. So I totally relate to that embarrassment. It's totally fine. Okay. Awesome. We can bond yeah. over that. Totally. Which one was better? The the documentary or the 
actual film. Well, one's real and one isn't, so I can't really. <laughs> True. Yeah, one yeah. exists and one, one is yeah, a yeah, yeah. One's fever like, dream. It's stopping uh, itself like as you're going along. Like it's it's numbing you. But wait, Dimitri okay, so... Martin is in Taking Woodstock. What? The fuck? Oh yeah, no, he's he's he's. I can't saw be that in, in the theater. He... <laughs> and Holy also, uh, Lee Schreiber plays a gen- transgender person. Uh, Paul Dano's oh, in it. Oh boy. Um, well, no, that's the second time he's played a transgender person. And okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan, Jeffrey Eugene Dean, Mo- yeah. I- I this mean, movie not, really doesn't it's not exist. Real, but no, it's totally but like I didn't real. know. Like I've, I'm a big Dimitri Martin fan, and I feel like no, I should have known this. Like good in it, he's just kind of like yeah. he doesn't have agency, but he's the main character. So <laughs> you know. I mean, that sounds a lot like Dimitri Martin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sure. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have range really either. So <laughs> he's just like, mom, we got to get more milk for these guys. They're here for Woodstock. Like, <laughs> 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 we got to clean the pool, mom. Yeah. I don't know. So it's. Is Eugene Levy what the dad, was... or am I misremembering? Did you see? I mean, movie? he has to be. I mean, Eugene Levy is never casted <laughs> in a movie and not the dad. That's actually legit dad. impossible. He's, he is the dad. He's I my think dad. it's against. I think it's against the universal law of not casting Eugene. Like he's never playing like a just a random dude that does not have kids. Yeah, yeah. Like he's John always Rose, the father. Baby. Unless he's playing himself, like Josie and the Pussycats. He's he is <laughs> yes. a dad. Oh, well, I mean, I guess if he's. Well, wait, he probably has kids in real life. He's always play- playing a dad. What am I talking about? <laughs> He's never he not escaped dad, from being a essentially. dad. He's been a dad since he was five years old. Crazy enough. Right. Crazy. Um, uh, that's a, that's, that's an so you fact. realize that you're watching the Lifetime movie. Right. Yeah. And then, you're and then like, I switched halfway through to the real one. And I was like, oh, this is much better. Like immediately I was like, oh, this is like, <laughs> maybe that's why I like it so much is because I switched yeah, oh, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is way better. Like the bar is so much higher. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Was this in, when I first 2013 saw it in 2013? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like right when it was on home video, which I think is like September-ish. Yeah. Um, and then like over the years, I kind of like, you know, forgot about it. I was like, that was all right. But then a few years later, I started to think about it more and more. And it's only grown on me since then. And I bumped it up to five stars a few years ago. And I just watch it like every couple months. I have to rewatch it. Amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, For me, I think it was just, just, I mean, it's boring, but I think it was just a dollar rental on iTunes. And (laughs) it's like when, when those dollar rentals are just something that is a priority on your watch list. It's always the best feeling like, yeah. It's yeah. Like, I don't have to spend much and get to cross Also, off. it feels like a commitment and it kind of makes you just like, I have to watch this. I, I, True, I yeah, spent yeah, yeah. money. It's right here. Right, like, right. Um, and, I lo- and I remember really, really enjoying it. I, I think I remember um, jotting down, like it was uh, Sofia Coppola's King of Comedy. It's kind of her. Uh, satire of, of like celebrity culture and idolization um, and and what that can do to a person so I, I just I just really loved it from the get-go and I, yeah so I guess I should I meant to ask you what your relationship with Sofia Coppola was but mine like I saw her the Spike Jones movie and then I mm-hmm. looked into it and there was this movie called Lost in Translation that was connected to her and right so then i was like oh so what's this movie and then i bought it and it was like 
that, that was just absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and, and ever since I just checked out the rest and uh, I loved them all. So there, right. there really hasn't been a miss from her, but uh, where, where did you begin with Sophie Coppola? You know, I, it's been so long. I can't really remember. My first was probably lost in translation, but it was like a long time ago. It was probably a decade ago or more. Wow. Um, and then I, I caught up pretty fast. It might have not been until the bling ring and then I caught up, but I was fully caught up with her filmography. I remember when The Beguiled came out um, because I was, I was visiting friends in LA when that came out and we went to a theater and, and saw it. And then, you know, ever since then, obviously I'm still caught up. But yeah, I think she's got a solid filmography. Like as far yeah. as directors go, like it's, she's not at the top of my list. She's not like a favorite favorite but like it's it's all very solid stuff so far so mm -hmm. that's kind of what I like about her is it's like her style is uh you can rely on it you kind of know what you're getting into once you True. get used to it you know and not only do you know what you're getting into but I feel like it, it not in a bad way but it doesn't change like it's it's more of of the same but it's like if you if you like that yeah. that flavor then it's certainly something to to rely on and um i mean i think the virgin suicides might be one of my favorite movies is that oh, your favorite yeah. coppola uh, yes but okay. oof. yes and lucy your fa oof. favorite couple is the bling ring i'm guessing yes a hundred percent for sure okay um what about you? well me um so I don't have like a real relationship with Coppola. I have seen, I saw Lost in Translation, which is the first film I ever saw from her. It has to be, right? Yeah, okay. Um, I saw that, ooh, at least five years ago, maybe maybe four. Um, what did Bill Murray Doug whisper it, in your ear? Doug it a lot. Uh, he always whispers in my ear every time I go to sleep. Sweet nothings. Um, sweet, sweet, sweet nothings. Um, and I... I dug it. I dug it a lot. I actually loved it when I first saw it. It's just been a, it's just been a while. Um, it's on. And I, this was before I really got into like filmographies and like know like what like like um, the arc of directors and their and like their auteurship and everything like that. Um, didn't really think about it after. Didn't really think about Sofia Coppola. Then the more I learned, I'm like, oh, she's the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola. She's actually this big time director. Um, she's very revered she uh Frame. you know she's one of the few female uh female directors who are like given these gigs that are high profile and are given actual budgets of movie stars and so only the second to ever win best director at can mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um yeah so i so then i think i see in like 2017 when i'm seeing a lot more movies um i just moved to portland I saw The Beguiled in theaters, um, and I'm very lukewarm on that movie. Um, it's been a while, but I just, and that was, I, and also I was still like, I was still in this phase of not really interacting with film as art as much as entertainment. So like it was at a weird point to watch it for that kind of movie for me. So I wasn't a fan, but maybe if I rewatch it, since I have more perspective on that now, maybe that changes, but I remember being a little lukewarm on it. Um, and, but I, you know, I, I, she's a director that I've always kind of wanted to really just like dive into and like 
rewatch the big isle the lost translation and just kind of watch her filmography but and short really filmographies had... are so easy to because it's like true not Very overwhelming true. Yeah. there's an easy place to start there's like a trajectory um, i just for some reason i haven't had the i haven't had the need to really get into her stuff because i guess it's the two films I saw from her are pretty melancholy. I mean, well, The Beguiled is kind of like a horror movie, but like it's still like <laughs> muted in like emotions. Um, and The Lost Translation is quite a, like a depressing movie that I really like. So I, I kind of had this idea of her mood sensibilities and just kind of was a little put off by it. Um, and so just to give context of so like the bling ring i've known about like i've heard about for you know since like 2015 Years. when i really yeah. got started getting to movies um and it's always been a weird movie to hear about what do you know about its was, reputation well that's yeah that's what i'm getting to it's like it's so um uh divisive or divisive yeah divisive. <laughs> divisive. Uh, it's at first i heard it was just like generic you know like generic schlock and then second, I hear, oh, maybe it's secretly like a really good movie. Then I hear it's one of H24's worst. It's Coppola's worst. It's a misfire. Then I, you know, like all these ranging reactions. Um, right. And then like, I, then as like, like in the last like two years, I start hearing this, like this whisper of it's secretly a masterpiece. Like from a lot of people <laughs> I trust, just like some, um, just people who are like, it's actually really good. It has a lot of ideas in there that people just didn't recognize. And I'm like, right. Okay. All right. I mean, the marketing itself made it seem like like just this, I don't know, very simplistic kind of just whatever film. Yeah. And then um, A24 never fucks up with marketing again. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. They, they've never, yeah, they've never Sin thrown something one. under the rug. Yep. Yeah. Um, and certainly something I, that we've never talked, that we've talked about has been, uh, you know, uh, punished by A24's marketing under the silver lake cough cough yeah yeah it, it's interesting i mean we, we've talked about a24 i mean it's probably by right now in our in the arc of our podcast the most the production company we've covered the most unless yeah, i think like five or six consider, movies yeah yeah unless maybe you consider like fox or whatever but like still <laughs> right we've only um, done i think like yeah it's definitely our, our most yeah yeah i think so. so at least the one that has the most impact um Too neon yeah um and so like it, it it always had that kind of it was always like an underdog it's like the definition of an underdog movie in a lot of ways a muted critical reaction decade. when it yeah. was released uh viewed as a lesser of a certain director's you know uh, director's right. filmography but at the same time it was received as um a a, a, a back to to old territory because her her last movie somewhere uh, was so poorly or a similar polarizing feel so mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. because we're going back to sort of like a we're going back to virgin suicides terror uh mood with like teenagers in a transition period in their lives and this moody uh loneliness of wanting to be or or outsiders looking in and I think people responded to it while also calling her out. So weird. Yeah. I mean, this whole, I mean, the whole, I mean, the filmography for the bling ring seemed like a bad CW show. 
So like I that's so I was just put off by it, and I and then people saying it, then I was surprised to see like how much reaction it has, whether it be good or bad. I just when I saw you know like I I didn't think it was an actual movie to take seriously because I didn't know much about it, um, and from the marketing I saw, then the diverse reaction, blah blah blah, and then. So I've always been like, you know, hearing the last two years, oh, it's actually really good. I'm like, okay, I'll check this out. Um, I'm curious and I've been meaning to watch it ever since. <laughs> I haven't actually gotten around to watching it because I still had that kind of, I've had that obstacle of just remembering like just that marketing and just the look of it and just how right. it's just this subject area I'm not really interested in. So I've always kind of had that um, distance between it, uh, if that makes sense. But like, uh, watched it for this podcast uh, and holy shit it's a really good movie like I legitimately yes. cannot stop thinking about it um, yes. it's it's I love it's one what of if you're most, like and it's dog shit no like I I, I don't like I have <laughs> oh, a, million, a million ways to describe this movie but like a way that I kind of the way the thing that popped in my head while I was watching it is basically so I watched Clueless for like the first time this year, which is a very, I mean, which is a similar subject matter, similar focus, but different in execution in so many ways. Right. Um, but I basically, I mean, and also that movie is 10 times more heightened than this. Maybe not 10, 10 times more, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's you know, a full comedy, but like my, the, my thought while watching this movie is like, what if Clueless despised, absolutely fucking hated rich people and like the materialistic lifestyles and celebrity culture in general. What if it just was like, was so pissed that they just needed to show it and they just needed, and they yeah. basically, I mean, this movie to me Yeah, is, it's absurd without being uh, scathing. Clueless. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about like how angry it gets. Cause I think it's a quite angry, I think it's a pretty angry movie, but like, um, I, I just think that the movie is just Sofia Coppola just like gesturing her arms and said, look at this horse shit. Like, look at this bullshit that's happening. And I'm always game for those movies. Those like, this like peek behind the veil of like the, the real, like the real, like, how do I say this? The shit that's going on that we're not talking about, like that we're yeah, not right. recognizing. Like it's a bit how- of like yeah. celebrity without doing anything. It's like <laughs> um, a celebrity with, with a, an act rather than a, a like a performance and yeah. with uh with the with the bling ring becoming almost they're acting like the people that they're stealing from so it's no longer a robin hood situation but it's it's more like um they're living out their fantasies and it it costs them yeah jail time and and like for the person that is playing uh not See, this is the other thing, like going back to Virgin Suicides, like there's this homogeneity within the group, like even though they have names, like they could be interchangeable. And that's a bit of the biting satire that I've always found interesting with Coppola. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I think that she is very um, interested with uh, with the interior of, of the characters um, within the backdrops of, of something dramatic going on in their lives. But at the same time, <laughs> Uh, with the girls of the Lisbon sisters or the the group the friend group here, they can they're they're not so specific that they have their own things. Like 
Um, yes, I, I think that obviously you can remember them, but it's it's like they can't they can be any friend group. Anyone who has some form of kinship towards a celebrity can well, I mean, can do this. This movie uses a lot of archetypes and overall generalizations to just kind of it. I mean, they're they're sub not substitutions. And I'm, I think I'm forgetting the right word, but just like it's they represent they symbolize parts of the culture. Um, Coppola is taking on. I don't think she's quite as interested in the actual person, like the deep personal lives of each character, maybe besides Mark, but even then she's more, she's more looking at what the, like how they respond to culture and how culture responds to them. How did, how Mm. this current, um, current culture like created the monsters now that they're now obsessed with, you know, it's, it's just it's like a bunch of mirrors <laughs> like the movie is just a mirror top of mirror just like trying to look at everything and trying to just show you like this is all this is like really fucked up like mm-hmm. i i think it's i i just imagine like bernie sanders watching this before like a rally or whatever to get himself hyped just to be like this is why i'm angry this is why i'm angry and then walks out just because he like it, it's just such a damning portrait of um like the issues that we're talking about today when it comes to uh uh money honestly like uh, how money influences so much of their society and how um how it kind of just creates this toxic culture around everything and you know i mean that it, it, i i i'm quite in love with the movie itself just i mean mm-hmm. i think it's just fascinating um but like so lucy what since you chose this, what was the thing that you responded the most to it? When you like, when, and what keeps you coming, like what keeps you coming back to watch it over and over again? What's, what's that thing you grab onto? And we can't accept the answer. I want to rob line reading. This is true. You just want to make it easy. This is true. The dialogue is a really good answer just because it's all so good. I think it's just more of what you guys are saying when it comes to like the layers on top of layers, there's so much to delve into. And like, you can come at it from from a completely um, like superficial angle, and even root for the characters in the fictional space because it's just like too much fun. It's like too inviting, kind of like rooting for Amy and Gone Girl or something. You kind of detach for a minute, and you're like, okay, this is fun. But then when you go deeper, and I mean, I continuously think about it and just keep going deeper, and it's like it just doesn't ever stop. It just keeps multiplying and. I remember when it came out and everything and so many like tidbits information would leak about it, you know, what was going to happen in the movie. And one of the biggest things that continues to baffle me is the fact that, you know, these kids in real life stole from Paris Hilton's house like eight times. I think they went to her house. Mm. Um, And then Sophia Coppola gets the rights to make this movie. And in the movie, these actors go into Paris Hilton's house. They have the rights to go and and shoot in Paris Hilton's house and recreating a real robbery, a real crime. And they're like, and she cameos at the nightclub. Exactly. Literally for like 20 minutes of the full, like it's only a 90 minute movie. It's like a perfect 90 minute, but like for like 20 minutes of the film they just rifle through her shit they're like going through all her clothes they find like 
nudes the of her, like room. Polaroids. Yes, the nightclub room. And it's just crazy because like, like the layers to Paris Hilton letting them do that and, and it actually happened to her and it was a crime <laughs> and it was an, like she was robbed of probably a million dollars by yeah. these kids, you know? But she Clay, was like, know sure, I'm was... Paris Hilton. Yeah, totally. Clay, did you know this is a based on true yeah. story? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been doing some light Googling. Um, but I mean, I can... Did any of us know about this before watching the movie? Like, I guess, like, did anyone... Did any of us know about it while it actually happened? Or were we too young to even I know I didn't, this? but I... I like when I, it was one of those cases, like immediately when I was done, it's like, this right. cannot be like, how, how is this possible? Um, the, but yeah, those robbery scenes are so interesting because on the, yeah. on my viewings of this, I recognize the repetition that she's using too. multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Mark will be like, I think we got to go. We got to go. We got to leave. I hear something. Right. And then, yeah, see, um, one of the girls would be like, no, it's fine. Don't be a bitch. Like we gotta. You mean stay. Rachel? Yeah. Yes. And um, or I mean, like a few, like any one of them could have said it, but I think it was Rachel. And no, Rebecca. Like, sorry, um, Rachel yes, is yes, the yes. real life person. See, they changed That's all right. the names for the movie. Yeah, yeah, they changed all the names. Right. Yep. And uh, like, there was a few more things. Uh, like, I think uh, Nikki says, "I want to rob." A few times, of course. Right. And there's there's things like like that um google it like she like to look at can you look up the house address and of course like like these things are and i know that's one of the criticisms like it it, it is kind of like wash rinse repeat but it lends itself like it's it's not like that's mm-hmm. the, i mean a that is like the actual story like there's no there's no way you can format this without being like okay so then they'll google an address they'll rob a house they'll try on the clothes they'll go to a party and then they were caught <laughs> but at the same time it's it's like it's interesting that it is that it did work like that. Um, it, they got it down to a science, and they never felt empathy, or they never I mean, felt. It, it, it became a daily activity for them. Yeah. it was just yeah, yeah, it was right. just like it was like going to the beach. Laundry. It was like really, going was. shopping for them. Yeah. That's yeah. what it became. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so, did you know about the story, Lucy? When like, were, were you aware of it when it was happening, or maybe even before the movie? Well. I was not aware of it, like, prior to the movies, like, the buzz surrounding the movie, but mm-hmm. the one pop culture thing, I don't know if you guys are aware of the uh, the video of Alexis Nyers on Pretty Wild that's, like, still a meme to this day, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of the things that, like, it's a pop culture thing that's part of this, but it's detached, and it's, like, literally so, so part of it. So, um, Emma Watson plays... Um, Nikki yeah and Nikki is based on Alexis Nyers mm-hmm. and Alexis Nyers at the time of they don't put it in the movie but at the time of her robbing all these houses she was doing a reality show with her family in her house called Pretty oh, Wild wow. yeah and so the like most iconic thing that to this day is like my only thing I wish they had put in but for I think it's like you know tv copyright mtv reasons they didn't put it in which is understandable but there's this clip of her when so i'm sorry there's too many layers so the film is based on the article 
Um, Nancy Joe interviewed. I think all it's the called. Kids. They were. They wore Louis. The Vuitton. suspects wore Louis Vuitton. The suspects wore yeah. Louis Vuitton. Yeah. And so what a great title. the film is based on her article of interviewing them, which they thought would be like poetic and tell their side of the story, but actually mm-hmm. she kind of slandered them in this article in Vanity Fair. The clip of Pretty Wild is mm-hmm. like I know I have it memorized because it's so funny, and the clip is of. <laughs> Alexis Nyers and her mother and the girl who lives with her, Sam, Thaisa Farmiga in the movie, and her littler sister. And they're all reading this article. And at the beginning of the clip, they're quite excited. And then, like, she starts freaking out because they actually read it. And <laughs> it's it's just so funny. Like, if, you, if anyone who's listening to this, and you guys too, like, haven't watched it, you have to go watch it because it mm-hmm. just makes it, it makes the movie so much funnier because she, like, loses her mind. And it really does kind of like it makes sense why emma watson played her that way like (laughs) like it suddenly it makes much more sense and so there's all these layers like because i didn't know much about the bling ring but like everyone was like nancy joe this is alexis snyder's calling and it's like the whole quote and so it's just (laughs) so funny every time Um, and i saw this interview with alexis snyder's that she was really addicted to drugs for a long time and right Right. It was, it was like she had to go to like rehab and her boyfriend was still selling drugs and he was stealing things like she did. And it's, it's just like, she's, she's like, you know, she was in a place. Um, like it wasn't like she just yeah, did yeah. this crime. And then that was, that was it. She learned her lesson. It was just um, cer- certainly a wrong crowd can, can lead you down that direction. And no, that's definitely. what she said at least. That's, right? that's her yeah. defense. Is yes. that like she attracted that's her defense the wrong in the people into her life? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I yeah I, I have no background into any of this. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, <laughs> I I I you know when they said based on real events, I'm like okay, cool, like I, <laughs> sounds good to me. Like I, I just I really wasn't aware of. I think I probably heard that when people talked about the movie years after it came out, like when they would speak about it, like they would mention, no, it's based on a true story, blah blah blah. Um, but I didn't know it made this actual like cultural impact i thought it was just one of those lesser known things but i had no idea like they like it was actually like in the news you know it was a story mm-hmm. yeah. instead of just this offhand thing um and how many celebrities got involved uh i yeah it's interesting um it's hard to believe that you know um the characters portrayed are real people because they're so heightened and one of the criticisms of the movie is quote-unquote shallow and like archetypal and stereotypical blah blah blah. but like i mean from what you guys are saying that's actually what um you know what emma watson's character was like uh alexis or yeah or nikki who is also alexis whatever who i find um, is unbelievable in this by the way I, I, oh I she's great emma watson she's, is outstanding she's so she, made, good. She, she made my five she's operating on so many levels and knows exactly how to thread the needle in this mm. movie because it's so like she can go <laughs> way she can go full ham and just like and like go so <laughs> heightened that she basically owns every scene and becomes so loud that you want her to stop or she can yeah. do it so subtle where it doesn't really become a joke it just becomes muddled and whether she wants to portray it act like a, a you know in-depth character or it would right. just get confused tone-wise. But she just really just figures out how to not make her like a cartoon, but, but she also is a cartoon, not make her but she grounded. Does, yeah. 
and she's not unwatchable as well. Like, I don't know. There's, I, at least for me, there's some kind of entrancing quality to all these girls that, uh, I hate to just keep comparing it to Virgin Suicides, but it's like the Lisbon girls or it's like, where it's yeah. like, of course it plays into perspective as well that you're an out, you're like a fly on the wall. Um, Mm-hmm. It's not a situation of of like dramatic irony. It's more like uh, a, a, a too crazy not to be true kind of situation as well. <laughs> so with those two combined, it, it makes for something really interesting. It's it's a miracle this is pulled off as well as it is. And it's like as you're saying, as well as as it's aged. Um, I also really like Claire Julian in this. She's the, oh my god, she's she my favorite plays, character. Yeah, 100%. Really. She plays Chloe and uh, Chloe's the she's best. Okay. The yeah, daughter. Chloe's the best character. Yeah, oh, totally. 100%. And she's the daughter of Wally Pfister, the cinematographer. Wait, what? Isn't that really fun? Yeah. Wait, is that and, true? Uh, no, I'm I'm I mean, it it is true, but <laughs> It is true. Wow. Okay, cool. That's crazy. <laughs> and so um yeah, I think that character's she also just looks like a girl I know. And so it's like when yeah, she has like yeah, she has girl I know energy for for real. <laughs> All right, just kind of as careless as I could never be, if that makes sense. Energy, mm-hmm. yeah. or not no. careless. Yeah, she but operates on like, a different level than yeah, everyone yeah, else. Yeah, right. But she doesn't seem alien. That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing with all of these characters is that yes, their lifestyle and their cult and like they the you know the way they are culturally is kind of like a shock and quite kind like you know is is very loud and different than mo- than how most of us live but it doesn't seem crazy because we have seen these people in these reality television shows maybe some people have been to california or they met someone from california like they, it all seems plausible in the way and like how these people act and are it's kardashian I mean, right in a way yes exactly like yeah. it, and all, i mean that the film itself is t- you know kind of struggling and uh, wrestling with the the Kardat like the baggage of the Kardashians and all and the you know Instagram model. I mean, I guess bef- I guess this was before Instagram models were really a thing. But yeah, if this was that, now, then it would be influencers that they could. I mean, I think this is like I, I think in my notes I say this like this is Instagram the movie, even though Instagram's not in it, but it has that level of like it's just a lot of times it's pure FOMO and um, just you know, show, showing off and I mean, it's social media in general, but it does feel like that this is the specific DNA. Yeah. In- Certainly like excess and Instagram mm-hmm. are kind of connected because of influencer culture. And how material and, heavy um, it is. And materialistic. Yeah. And I, I think I, with confidence that I would say we are not going to be like envious of this world, but I'm always going to be fascinated by those who are. And I think that's why I've responded to it so much. Like, I, I'm not trying to be an influencer, but I'm really interested in those that are, are like, yeah, I, I just like, I model and I have a ton of likes on Instagram. So it's, it's this it's different culture yeah. to study yeah, yeah, yeah. is to put under um, this microscope. It's like we're anthropologists who are just like, you know, looking from afar of this completely mm-hmm. different worldview and perspective in daily life of just, you know, pure excess, um, Sub- suburban California fame what's the, driven. Oh, what's the city this takes place in again? The, Calabasas. Like, Calabasas, yes. Um, Which I, I think I've been to actually. Been to. I think as I can. Well. I think I can say that. 
actually. Yeah. And the house that um, uh, uh, Leslie Mann and her girls live in really looks like a house that I've been in as well in Calabasas. I mean, they only, they, there's not much diversity there's not much, in, but it's just, in uh, architecture there. It's all the same right? house, yeah, really. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's like the model home and rest development. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just, I think it's, it's interesting how, oh, and Leslie Mann is, is also phenomenal. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. Like maybe Leslie Mann role. the God. Yeah. She's so, so good. What do and we it, love about Angelina Jolie? <laughs> it was one of those things I remember when it came out that everyone was like, why Leslie Mann? And it felt similar to Gone Girl when um, Fincher cast all those like really weird, like, um, you know, actors for those, those supporting roles. And it's like, why Leslie Mann? But she's yeah. perfect. She's mm-hmm. probably gives the best performance, like non hammy performance, like even though they were going for that on purpose, you know? Yeah. But maybe somehow it's... she's like the top tier actor in the movie. Yeah. And maybe outside of Emma Watson, probably, but it's interesting how, how that's, how that performance has aged as well considering yeah. how waspy it feels now and um and how the wasp culture is kind of dependent on people like that character and it's it's like very much like a like a mom that that only sees what she wants to see in the girls but not the obvious like she sees someone that she wants to curate or, right yeah. yeah i mean she's the typical hollywood mom the um right uh what do you call it pageant mom is that the pageant mom yeah that's good yeah yeah yeah. she's definitely that vibe i mean like she is the typical california (laughs) california middle-aged blonde who homeschools her kids and you know you know it has a yoga class that she goes to every other day um is obsessed with herbs Uh, definitely (laughs) definitely an anti-vaxxer 100 (laughs) percent, no question uh is like is she a scientologist in this movie or am i just crazy that's what i've been thinking about recently and i can't i don't know if that's what it's supposed to be or if it's actually what she explains like it's yeah, more of a just like a flaky realm. spiritual yeah yeah it's some kind of flaky california thing like it's similar it's, it has cult vibes but isn't really a cult like you know one of those things that like and sometimes it can be an off-branch christianity it's like um it reminds, like Francis and Francis Ha, when um, she goes back to home with her parents, they go to this weird church that does not seem like any church I've ever been to. It kind of feels like that, that that kind of like um, that kind of yeah, yeah, it's in Sacramento. That kind of like vaguely kind of Christian, but a, like an offshoot. It could that be no an hybrid. Really sure about yeah, right. <laughs> maybe Christian scientists, like you know, it, it's. It's one of those things, but no, she's perfect. I mean, like the moment she brings out, so like good. she, the like you know, vision board of like, we're, like first her just saying vision board and like yeah, that makes sense, hundred percent tracks. Um, then her like talking about like how we need to we need to uh, admire certain characteristics and people and surround ourselves with people we admire and blah blah blah. Um, and you think that she's gonna pull out a vision board of like Ruth Gator, Ruth Bader Skin, uh, Ginsburg or something like that, or like you know some like susan b anthony yeah exactly (laughs) and then she put angelina jolie and it's just i mean 
her husband. This is not a comedy. Her hot but I guess this is a comedy, but like. <laughs> it is a comedy. It is, but it's not. It's a satire. There's no I mean, laugh track. It exactly. It's, it, yeah. it's so yeah. cold. It doesn't wait for like a laugh or anything. It's not like joke, joke, joke after this. It's just, it just creeps up on you. It just. Yeah, Sophie Coppola's sense of humor has always been very dry, which I find interesting. She's very dark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, In that way. She goes for quick jabs rather than an actual punch. And she does it at this weird, and she has this weird timing about her where you just, you kind of get lulled into seeing these bizarre um, personalities interact. And you don't think there's going to be like this actual like joke joke happen, and then it does, <laughs> and it always feels like oh, and it always feels like a, I, I I don't know how to describe it. It 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 doesn't feel jarring or anything. It just it's a surprise each and every yeah. time because you think right. it's just going to keep. The jarring comedy yeah, of this would be like a robbery goes wrong and then Mark would knock over a mannequin and then that'll break a television. Mm. They have to be like, oh, how do we pay for it? We got to get a new show. And they'll go like, right. they'll go to Best Buy and then, you know, but uh, she's more aware of that. She's more capable of, of telling a story like truthfully how it happened and not trying to add in any fictitious details for narrative liberty. And it's more like, you know, it it fits in her oeuvre, uh, $10 word, like just just because of, of how events actually occurred. So it kind of, it just works out, I find. Yeah. It's like Marie yeah. Antoinette, wherein like something actually happened and she still connects it thematically with, with the filmography. Yeah, that's that's why I feel like I've come to terms with this being not only my favorite film by her but I think in a way it is her best film and it's because over the years I realized like just how perfect she did it in her own way whereas it's like you could see this being done so many wrong ways like the way you just like a lifetime version comedy right or like a lifetime which that one was way more dramatic and depressing it could go super darker it could go super funny and she always finds this balance, like even in Marie Antoinette, even in Virgin Suicide, she finds this balance and she really likes that balance. She likes she likes her visuals, but she also like pays attention to that, you know, dry dialogue and she she's just got that it's it's nice to watch one of her movies because I I feel that. And I also feel like this movie is so interesting because it was set in oh eight, oh nine. And I can't think of another movie that's like a perfect bridge between um, the 2000s and the 2010s, because yeah. like, for instance, you know, um, Alexis like Snyder was on pretty, right, right, perfect. Yeah. Like, like Alexis Snyder was on pretty wild. They had a reality show, but you know, if it had been a few years later, you know, that this was happening, she might be trying to be a YouTuber instead. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if it had been a few years prior, they, they would have been robbing different celebrities. Like, I don't know. It's just, it feels like a perfect gateway. I feel like, like David Dobrik, there is a they, would, scene. they would go for it. Yeah, Like, for if sure. they were robbing YouTubers, it would make perfect... I, I think the Robin Hood kind of mentality would make more sense. Just because yeah. it's, it's like YouTubers are, are programmed to be more down-to-earth than a Lindsay Lohan. Right, you right. Know, even though they would have more materials. And that's the thing that I feel like the more time goes on, the more... Um, 
the more I don't like relate to the story, but the more it's like feels almost like not acceptable, like crime acceptable, but it just makes more sense because I remember when it came out, everyone was like, oh my God, they robbed celebrities. You know, you can't do that. These are celebrities. And, and now, you know, a YouTuber, it lives in a house like that, you know, and yeah. they're just a YouTuber or, you know, the Kardashians don't really do anything to speak of and they they're multimillionaires and it's it's Wait, kind what? of like fame has become a commodity rather than like you're famous for a reason you know and so if they had been robbing you know david dobrik i would have had more fun with it but yeah the fact that it was so long ago that it's kind of like it was different but now we're kind of more used to it absolutely and i mean <laughs> Just yesterday, Jake Paul's house got raided by the FBI. That's right. And like, like a shit ton of guns got taken out of his house. Um, you could even do it about that, where it's like someone who's kind of. It's like the, it's interesting the kind of celebrities that that they went after. Maybe it's because mm -hmm. Rebecca was so interested in the fashion that they had, but also it's for sure it's like Lindsay Lohan and um, uh, Orlando Bloom. I know. Uh, I can read it. I can read the actual yeah, victims. Um, of Megan the... Fox. Megan Fox. Yeah. So it's like so kind Paris of Hilton. Not in it. Paris. But it was. Pe it was people that Paris were Hilton. innocuous. Anyway, it wasn't like too Audrina, profile. Audrina Partridge, yeah. Rachel Bilson, Orlando Orlando Bloom, and Miranda Kerr, uh, Brian Austin Green, and Megan Fox, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yes. these are all yeah. C-list celebrities at like yeah from the like, 2000s, had, you know exactly. I had to look up who Audrina Partridge was. She's like, like I had no idea. Partridge, yeah, wasn't she on the Hills? They were like yeah. obsessed yes. with the Hills, which is another throwback reference. <laughs> right, <laughs> Audrina um, Partridge. We'll get. I think her robbery was the was the one where it's like the slow the zoom house. in. It, right, yes, is that her? the best shot. Maybe yeah, a bit her. spoiler for favorite nah, scene, but it's... you know, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, yeah, full spoilers and... here, full spoilers. No, no, I mean for favorite scene, like yeah, maybe for later. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, it's my favorite scene, but <laughs> yeah. So I think that it's interesting that there are a bunch of C-list celebrities that aren't necessarily ones that everybody will will target. Um. But yeah. these are, are the ones that, that they go after because they it's just palatable well, to... Like you said, it's, they're fascinated yeah. with a certain culture, the, the, the bling ring itself. I mean, and, and I don't... I, I can't tell you, like, I don't really know... I haven't done enough research to know how factual the movie is uh, compared to the actual events. I don't really know. I don't necessarily know if it matters, but, like, I mean, these kids are obviously infatuated with a certain subculture of celebrity culture they weren't like they weren't focused on what actors they wanted to rob they you know like you said there was fashion right. just things that people had that they liked and maybe like they were fans of paris hilton but like the only people they i think they only like really admired Lindsay lohan out of all of them like they didn't really care who they <laughs> she got another dui like, not surprised yeah i don't know there right. wasn't like necessarily they weren't worshiping like their talent or what they've done, just more of the yeah. persona they've carved. That they give off. Yeah. Exactly. The picture that they, um, um, yeah, what, how they present themselves. And then, of course, they become yeah, more yeah. concerned with creating a persona for themselves and almost right. like stealing not only their fashion and goods, but stealing that persona of an overdramatized 
um, Lindsay Lohan. So, but like, there, it's right. perfect. If it's it's the perfect crime, you steal from C list celebrities who are not going to miss anything they steal. You're gonna like who are you know these like self absorbed narcissists who will barely even notice if how much you take if you don't if you you know if you don't take too much. Like it's I mean that the whole point I mean the whole idea of this movie is that one these crimes at the end of the day don't matter what so fucking ever it just doesn't like there's no long term ramifications of anything that was done in this movie no one got hurt they didn't damage no their house no one was like, threatened no yeah, one like right. broke no one stole like a priceless valuable or whatever it's just clothes yeah. and jewelry and some rolexes that's mm-hmm. it and every and the moment they do that everyone freaks the fuck out and they don't care and they don't care that they could be caught and they don't think they'll be caught and it's like, and of course, everything is so easy. I mean, like the pinnacle of this movie for me is when they're like in the be- near the beginning, they find like they're there's like walk they they walk all these parked cars they um they walk by all these parked cars and they keep trying to open them see if any of them's unlocked, and they open one. Which, of them by the way, just... I once caught a guy doing that. <clears throat> What'd you do? You kill him? Um. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna confess to murder. And okay. no, it's just like I. I saw two do two guys doing that at a party once, and it's just like, what the? Are they trying? I'm not sure if they were trying to look for a particular something or doing it kind of like carefree, like Mark and Nick or Mark and Rebecca were. But it was just like they were opening a bunch of closed car doors at a party, and it's just like, wait, guys, are you? <laughs> trying like it, it didn't look as like planned out but anyway it could be mm-hmm. could be anything so i kind of recognized what their plan was yeah it felt like they're just because they were bored i mean and that's the whole thing they're just fucking mm-hmm. bored rich kids who have nothing yeah. to do and don't value anything yeah. really and have no background or context with anything that's really matters in the entire right. world and they just open a car and they just and there's this bag of coke just laying around. That's the fucking movie. No one cares. No one thinks they're gonna get in trouble. It's like everyone feels so fucking safe and privileged. Like it's just it's one of the better examinations of privilege I've ever seen put on film. Yeah. Because it really just shows you how no one gives the actual fuck. Like it's just everyone like the idea of all these celebrities, which is a true story, keeping their doors unlocked and their key under the mat. It just makes the most perfect sense in the world. They're so rich that they have no, they don't care about anything. They have no, they don't even think about the possibility of getting fucked over or getting robbed because they're, they operate with pure impunity in every single way, in every single right. facet of life. And, and it's so, so interesting the, moment, the, the whole thing of like them wanting to, actually, no, you can continue. No, that's fine. I, I, I was really, going to okay, what you were going to say. Yeah. No, please. I- oh, I was, I was just going to say, like, that's what I remember about why the real story was so fascinating. It was because it was like, it was like, you, we don't care about the celebrities being robbed. Clearly, we don't care about the kids who are robbing them because they have more than enough and they're like, you know, self-obsessed. But the real, like, pinnacle of the story, the true story became more about how, like, how did this even happen because celebrities are so they're like in their own world that that they don't even lock their doors like in the hollywood hills they don't lock a 10 million dollar mansion right and the fact that people had to you know 
tell celebrities like maybe you should get like a security camera maybe you should like lock your door <laughs> and it, and it then there's just... at least in the movie their downfall came from one of the friends at a party calling the police and it wasn't exactly even something right that was caught on security camera at least they kept bragging about it because they didn't care they, they just care. told yeah. everyone they were as cal- they were as careless as the celebrities they were stealing from exactly. exactly and you know one of the funniest parts too is i'm pretty sure this is true i'm like 99% that the first couple times they robbed paris specifically like she fully didn't notice and i think she even went on record <laughs> saying that like yeah she I, th- did I think i read that notice. too actually it's the, yes it's yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that they went to her house so many times and you know when they brought that guy and yeah, he started didn't they say they went to paris's house end? eight times yeah eight times and so it was the like time and time again she didn't even fucking notice that they yeah. took so much of her stuff that's what's hilarious about it like it's mm. it's all so it's all so stupid really that <laughs> it just makes really good entertainment to watch was it i don't know harris or Lindsay lohan that uh nikki is in jail in at the end Lindsay lohan it oh, was right, Lindsay. Yes. yeah okay. yeah you know what I actually thought about, this is going to sound a little strange at first, but I actually um, thought about the Manson murders. Um, oh, yeah. This oh, I see what you're and, saying. No, I, I already see what you're <laughs> saying, yeah. So, of course, like, the Manson murders were so um, revolutionary for, for many reasons, but right. one of which is, like, the, similar to here, the infiltration into this, this world of celebrity and uh, privileged... Um, privileged life in in those that that think they're feel untouchable. That, yeah, feel think they're untouchable, and those that that want to like grant access are are doing so not only to to like sort of teach them a lesson about their privilege, but also live into infamy for themselves. Like the bling ring, I even though this was a small but big press cycle I, I think they will live into infamy like the manson murderers one even though they didn't murder anybody yeah. as, they just well, wanted to take the spotlight away from them and put it on themselves we're not okay yeah just want to make one thing clear we're not equating what the blingery did with what charles manson and his followers did no i will equate crimes. that actually okay no, that's fine yeah. all right that's fair um i disagree yeah i don't think i mean of course they'll never be as big as the manson murders but i understand what you're saying in the sense of like they challenged of, they challenged reality. They challenged a sense of like right. you know, safety. They they basically you know these people uh, the celebrities lived on this on this plane of like nothing will happen to me. I'm rich. I pay for this like community. I play. I, I pay for this community. Um, this uh, a gated community. I have security mm-hmm. people who really who you know who make sure that everything is safe. I don't need to worry about anything. You know like it, it's. I'm at, I'm, I live in pure luxury, 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 God, I can't <laughs> and safety. So I don't need to worry about shit. And what Manson did in a much more, uh, how, how can I say, aggressive way um, <laughs> than the bling ring. But they both basically said, that's actually not true. You're actually not that safe. You, we can't like, you know, you, you putting your guard down has basically opened you opened up to some some of the most easiest crimes someone can commit right mm-hmm. we can right. walk inside your door we can say hi and we can do whatever we want because you're because it's all a false sense of security yeah mm-hmm. um, and at and the end of the day so that. and that's why like, like 
should have made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, if we're going to be oh, honest. interesting. A hundred percent. I would have actually liked it. Yeah. Your review is infamous <laughs> for that, by the way. I remember that review really well. I still don't even check those comments because they will never stop commenting. <laughs> and uh, I mean, which is worse, that Joker. or Captain Marvel? Mm. Oh, God, I said Joker. <laughs> Captain Marvel's bad, too. They're all bad. <laughs> God. Okay, yeah. I have a, a a question topic for you. I've been thinking about for you guys. Mm-hmm. How do we feel? Because I feel like it only adds layers to this story and stories like Marie Antoinette and Somewhere in Lost in Translation. The fact that Sofia Coppola comes from like Hollywood royalty and in is is in fact such like we we can say whatever we want, but she is such like a child of nepotism like you know what i mean like no question a hundred percent and that's the thing that i find so interesting about this one in particular because like in a way you're like oh she's like she's detaching herself and kind of making fun of these people but like i feel like it's more relatable to her than almost anyone else that could have directed it which makes it even more interesting for me just that layer of nepotism that she comes at all of these like stories about fame you know from that perspective It is a question of, I was thinking about the same thing too, because like, I mean, yes, Francis Ford Coppola is a very successful director um, and a great artist, I think, (laughs) but he's also fucking loaded. I mean, he is so ridiculously rich. He like, you know, if you look at it, not from his movies, from his fucking wine vineyard or whatever, like the like these like Sophia I, I think Sophia gets a cut of that too I don't I don't know her financial situation but I'm guessing she's also loaded um he, and, hey and he didn't are, like, like bankrupt a studio like three times for nothing he, you know? no he never did that no but like he, they, they're seriously rich and they're so rich that and of course like, the whole family has like connections everywhere like Eleanor well, yeah and, that's exactly. that's the bigger thing Jason is like Schwartzman. it's not even as much about money it's just that yeah the Schwartzmans and everyone and they can just the cage. like yeah. like get anyone Roman. with a snap of their fingers like if she wanted Paris Hilton in her movie it only took that and of course her name alone that's all it took you know well, what I, mean? I mean honestly I don't think that's hard it's hard to get Paris in a movie nowadays um <laughs> but it is but pretty no, hard I to get Kirsten saying. Dunst but also the same thing right there obviously close friends mm-hmm. they're buds yeah yeah but yeah so it was i was like is sophia enough like is she self-aware to know that she's also criticizing a culture that i mean i'm not saying she's responsible for but she has a part in like i mean whether yeah. it be subconsciously or not like she ha- she does influence this culture of celebrity and you know um uh nepotism in uh this materialistic society of like just mm-hmm the best fashion you know you know the most like i mean like basically the upper class the one percent she is also like influencing and making some impact into that kind of culture and that reality is she self-aware to know is she self is she self-aware enough to realize that she's also a part of the problem or does she (laughs) think that she's different like i i think that's a really key idea that i don't necessarily know if we need to answer it is fun to ponder but I do think that there is this layer that she is operating on that I find to be quite interesting because mm-hmm. she doesn't hold any punches, which most directors would. Um, I mean, like, I mean, like most of these, I don't know, like it, it's hard 
to take serious sometimes when a rich person criticizes rich people. Right, um, right. Because it's like, well, dude, you're part of the same fucking problem too. Like, why should we listen to you? <laughs> Is there anyone else that comes to mind? I, not immediate. I mean, like, not immediately, but I don't know. If you listen to a lot of, like, liberal politicians who have, like, these nice summer homes or whatever, and they talk yeah, about how fair. bad the one, like, and, like, how harmful the 1% is, you kind of, like, mm-hmm. yes, maybe they're making good points, but, like, you kind of, like, well, why the fuck do you have that summer home then? Like, you know, what's this bullshit? It's, it seems kind of, it seems rooted in um, hypocrisy, but, like, I mean, that's a whole other thing, yeah. but it connects to the idea of what is Sophia trying to say here? Is she making a distinction, or is she kind of realizing her, her, the sin, I mean, I don't know if she's committing an actual sin but like the problems like how she contributes to the problems i'm exposing right now i think she's always right. been good at tone management and the fact that she's always or not always but like half satirical and the mm-hmm. way that she writes is, is pretty key um like uh you know she she's not fully um condemning the girls i mean this friend group but it's also something like she understands i think a part of her understands where she's where they're coming from right um, but she's also understanding how absurd it is and um she's not playing she's not playing it straight and mm-hmm. uh if it was just like a like a down to earth and uh if it was as sterile as uh, as somewhere then I, I think we could be looking at something that is that is like kind of glamorizing and like good fellas-y about it yeah yeah i mean who's in good fellas they're gangsters and gangsters are just they're criminals so but <laughs> yeah i mean i mean you could i mean I, I don't necessarily know like the major comparisons that people made when this came out um I know they compared it to Spring Breakers and how it yeah. you know, oh, yeah. examines because um, they're because like, they were very films. closely released together too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, like Lucy, any <laughs> takes on Spring Breakers? Well, I was going to ask you guys where you fall on that debate, like what you prefer, because I definitely prefer this. I've never been. Oh, been is there one like a versus Spring Breakers? Thing? Oh, I was just asking. No, oh. I was just asking. Um, I love them both. I think Harmony Corinne's a really, I mean, he is just one of a kind. He's very idiosyncratic and uh, it's definitely formative. He scares me that, to death. You know, he's a very scary man, um, but he scares me in the way Shia LaBeouf taught, scares me. And, and we kind of talked about that in, in our Honey Boy episode, but it's it's like, I don't know. I, I think he's weird. I, I think his, if, if you guys know it, his David Letterman saga is special, but I don't know. I think he's he's interesting and um he's not doing nothing <laughs> and that's why I enjoy him. But So which movie um, do you prefer? Well, I have seen this a, more recently so mm-hmm. I'll say this, you know? Yes. But, I'm kind of on that side too, but I also yes, think heart emoji. I think Corinne gets sometimes and like I think Spring Breakers it gets sometimes a little more lost into it's um, hmm. that's gonna be a fun one to talk about 
I mean, the, that movie is such a like a nightmare, like a dream <laughs> acid trip of a movie that it's hard to c- criticize its focus because it's As he just, calls it liquid narrative. Yeah, and and that could either work for you or not. I mean, it, your mileage may vary, but like for this, it just seems so thematically precise and intact with everything it's trying to say. Every right. shot feels like an added sentence to its essay in a good way, not like a um, indulgent way. Just like, I mean, the medium shot. Although indulgence um, is something she's been criticized as well. If we're True. Gonna keep talking about criticisms. But I think like the shot of, um, hmm. I mean, there's a plenty of great like cuts and, shots in this film like one is when uh chloe's pulled over and it gets these mug shots taken and then it cuts straight to her just hanging out in a railing in the middle of the sun just like laughing about it mm-hmm. about like how she just got arrested for a dui i mean i when i saw that i'm like fucking brilliant because that's i mean that's the thesis of the movie is that they there's no ramifications really it's there's no real consequences yeah. they don't take any of this seriously because they opt you know they operate on impunity. They're extremely privileged and they're fucking rich. They don't have to worry about any actual consequences of what their actions might lead to. Um, I just don't know if that actually made sense. But um, <laughs> like also the shot of another Chloe shot of like after I think everyone else has been arrested. Um, I think there's this, there's I forget where, but there's a cut to her in her house eating breakfast in this kitchen table after all That's... the, you know, we... I love yeah, that. You just part. hear the sirens. So perfect. It's yeah. so perfect. So, it's just like they're so perfect. Chloe, you want carrot beet? She's like, no. Um, and she like and... slowly starts to listen, and, <laughs> and the sirens like, grow louder, louder. Her head. But everyone is so like, and the dogs making, barking. You know, yeah, <laughs> they're all just operating on this like complete mundane of just like it's a day by day. After we just saw. A fe- like a, a series of scenes of police raiding different places and arresting people and she's yeah. just there mm-hmm. just kind of chilling out eating breakfast being offered like in this very luxurious kitchen uh with their you know with her you know with her brother or whatever on one table her mom with the fucking blender they're all like separate yeah exactly and her dad with the newspaper in this conservative clothing at this table like it just it just screams American values and the cult and the culture that, um, you know, capital America, like, you know, cap, the <laughs> capitalism, uh, capitalistic America creates this ideal family, this, you know, the white two parent household with, you know, a beautiful kitchen. It's certainly like beautiful blue velvety, like opening a blue velvet. Like it just, the white it just, it's, and red roses. it's such a, like, it's such a cut to everything that this, like it, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, perfect addition. It's a little accent. <laughs> it's a sprinkle into what like this whole movie is trying to say. Yeah. It's a, um, it and, certainly says a lot mm-hmm. about the American dream and like, like, do we, do we just want to steal just to get a, like a feeling or, um, or a satisfaction to make it look like that we've, we've done something or we've made something, even though they just took it for themselves. But that's sort of the main mentality that, that we may apply sometimes that t- that just like having the appearance is almost too similar to, to working towards something. They didn't work towards anything. They just 
walked into Paris Hilton's house and it was right there for them. And it's, it's like, then, okay, then what, who's to say they aren't on the same height as, um, Adrena Partridge, you know, it's just because they have it, but they didn't do anything for it. Mm. Yeah. I do think that, um, what's James Franco's character in Spring Breakers? Alien, baby. Alien, yeah. <laughs> I think alien scene of this, is, you know, look at my shit. I think you could connect that directly to this. Scarface. Film. They got Scarface on repeat. True. But like, Cologne. I mean, the, I mean, nice. Spring Breakers <laughs> does focus, like does show, you know, the fascination with like, you know, privileged society and um, materialistic um, values and all of that. So I, I, I see the comparisons, but I do think yeah. this film's much more streamlined linear. in its ideas. Yeah, it's li- yeah, yeah. Li- well, I mean, linear yeah. too, but like... It's less it's, experimental, sure. But I think For it's just sure. on this this purely laid track of of uh, what it's trying to expose. And it doesn't and also, really... Yeah, yeah. Divert. Also, uh, Leslie Mann does not have... Um, a rival drug war with Gucci Mane going on. So that True. is another difference True. with the two movies. <laughs> There's one of the beginning scene of Chloe. Um, it's like after Mark's first day of school, Chloe, um, wait, Rebecca or Rachel? I, since I looked at it, I think it's Re- Rebecca, Rebecca. because um, So it's Rebecca, Chloe, and Mark in the car. And they're just rapping along to Rick Ross. And I put in my, it's so funny because it's, <laughs> it's also so just a perfect encapsulation of this part of society. And I'm like, I think in my notes, I said, rich white kids rapping to Rick Ross is always funny. <laughs> it's just they post, so... Guys, they totally post a black square, right? They totally. Oh, hundred percent. No question. I, I did nothing else. <laughs> it just, it's, it's so funny that you guys are like, praising emma watson's performance because i remember when this came out it was so like it was so polarizing because so many people were like this is the worst performance i've ever seen in my life and other people were like it's brilliant and i think more as time goes on it's just been proven as like i think it's brilliant and it's just so funny because like that was also their only selling point i don't know if you've seen the original trailers but they were like look it's emma watson even though she's like fourth or fifth build or something and she does steal every scene but like if you compare her to like chloe like chloe was always my favorite character because like every single line she has she reminds me of this girl i know too and it's just like she's so funny every single line she has is funny did you guys yeah. notice the cameo who she talks to on the beach near the beginning when they get out, when they're not, they're done rapping and they're sitting on the beach smoking weed? No. Do you know who walks by? It's, um, I forget her, her name. Hold on. It'll only take me a second to find it is out. Is it No, it is <laughs> Maika Monroe. It's oh, Maika sure. Monroe. She says, hey, bitch, or something. And she like walks on, on the beach yeah. and it's before she did. Oh, that's and too yeah. funny. Yeah, her movie. I can see Michael so Monroe being one of these girls, honestly. Right? She, she would have been really yeah. good as, like, really good. Chloe or Sam, for sure. Yeah, that, for sure. For um, sure. Um, but on the Emma Watson performance, I think... I think the reason why people criticize Harry Potter it, end, actually? 20... Or was Harry Potter done by now? 12? 2012? 2011. 2011. 2011. 2011. 2011. <laughs> that's when Death, yeah, tw- Deathly Hollows Part <laughs> 2 came out in 2011. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, okay, so we can do them. So we can do one of them. We can do one? Or two just of them, one. I guess. No, there's oh, two. Oh, so, right, because they did two-parters. Part. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, yes. Um, but I think... I've never seen Harry people, Potter. I've... I think if you criticize... I'll come on for part one. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Sweet. Um, I think the reason why this performance is divisive in the sense, or divisive, is it divisive or divisive, divisive. or can I do both? No, I've never, I mean, I heart, it's like, bi- uh, it's like biopic. Like it's, it's like you hear it so rarely, it kind of feels strange. Right. It does feel strange. I don't, I've never really said divisive but it's at okay. all, but for some reason today is the day. Um, no, it's just kind of like, that's where your brain first goes. So you can't really mm-hmm. fault anybody. Yeah. But like. I think or the reason why her performance is so polarizing is because I think you have to read, it depends how you read the film. Do you think that Coppola is making like a serious movie? Like, do you think she's making a, an actual like crime movie? Do you think she's making a satire? It depends how you read it. If you think like right. Coppola is taking this character seriously, yes, the performance is horrible. But if you understand that the movie is looking at it, you know, as a satire point of view and how these characters are fucking outrageous, and mm-hmm. how this is also a damning portrait of this kind of um, culture, then it's a brilliant performance. But yeah. all, and, and she and, should and have so won I an think... Oscar for sure. <laughs> yeah, I at mean, least nominated. Clay and I <laughs> do these like spreadsheets where we get to nominate our personal picks for performances of, of the decade. And she personally made my five, as I said yeah. before. And I think it's it's you're right. She does steal every scene, and it's not just an anchor into this, into this world of uh, infatuation and in need to, um, to compare yourselves and, and then have like ownership. And, and it's like, she's always the one that's always like trying on everything and wanting approval, but it's, right. it's like a kind of the way that she just holds herself. I, I find so compelling. Um, yeah. Like, um, she can just be a, an anchor for any kind of person that looks like that as well. It's not, it's not too specific, but it's, it's like any situation. Well, she's also the she's most like, privileged out of all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she plays the most famous too, which is and interesting. Chloe, they I kind of got the most famous privileged. actress to play the most famous character. Which makes yeah. sense. And the, yeah, um, Chloe's yeah. rich. She's loaded. Uh, but like Nikki has, you know, she has a modeling career. She has like, she's homeschooled. So like. Technically a reality show, but they didn't keep that in. True. Yeah. Um, but like, sh- she's definitely. She expects the most out of what she is given in her place in society like she is asking yeah. like i want to be this i'm going to be that and i want to be this um like i mean her privilege i mean the reason why i say she's like the most privileged character is like you look at the interview scene um of her interviewing with the um journalist i love the um, i love the moment too of like when she's coming out of the courtroom and it's like it was awful <laughs> oh that's like it was I the love worst. that so much so good <laughs> the shame but like it. it's like she's to- she totally has the aroma of of like a celebrity that's always encompassed in the the drama and right and someone that can't get out of this thunderstorm of of 
of like chaos that is so self-built and self-destructive, yeah. but everybody can see it but themselves. And I find that so interesting. You know, it's it's like because they've now stolen from them, it's like now they're wearing that um that skin of like I, I I will have the abundance of, of problems and issues and I can't be the one to solve it, even though I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she also has just never been taught like the idea of consequences and ramifications. I mean, you see it clearly, like when how giddy she is to, in her interview. I mean, like you said, they can they that they do it because they think it'll be a good PR move to you know peek behind the curtain, know the real Nikki, and right. like figure, you know, know that she was actually a victim in all this blah blah blah. Um, but you could but anytime her mom starts to you know she, uh, anytime her mom tries to talk in an interview, she's like, "Mom, this is my interview." like let me talk jeez it's it, it just kind of screams of like oh she want you know she's expecting to be the star of the show she has these you know horribly like written um apologies that scream of false platitudes and stuff like that where you're just like like it, it's so she's so self-obsessed and thinks that she can get away with anything if she just presents herself in a certain she way. kind of becomes the main she character the after right they're things. caught Right. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Because I think she has the most impact in the sense <clears throat> of, and I think her reaction to it makes them more, makes is the more interesting out of all of them because yeah. she comes yeah. from a different place than each, each character. That's why she's just the most. Even though Rebecca is undeniably the ringleader. For sure, yeah, and the that's, media kind of gives her that title. Yeah, that's where I think the real story really starts to blur in because. Like, Alexis um, was clearly, like, just the most notable because of that show and because of her reaction to the article on that show. And I think that's that's why she had that, that like, they own it on her in the end because it just, like, everyone else was like, um, like, oh, we got caught. And they, like, go to jail. But for her, it's like, she's still talking about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, it was really scary. I was next to Lindsay Lohan in the cell. And everyone else is, like, done. They're, like, yeah. shut off and <laughs> shutting up. And nobody really knows them anymore. But for her, it, it was just kind of like a PR thing. So, And she yeah. abused it. She used this publicity to capitalize on it. Like, I mean, the whole point, I mean, the yeah. ending is so brilliant. It's her just plugging her fucking <laughs> website. Know. Right. And it's like, this is American culture that like the controversy of like stealing actual, like of committing crimes that are in this celebrity obsessed, like since no one was hurt, since no one like, since no one was really like damaged or victimized, that it's become like we're infatuated with someone committing this, you know, this nonsense crime right. that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but the culture, you know, surrounding it. Is is so infatuating that everyone gloms onto it. Yeah, and so her just she's the one who abuses it. She's the one who recognizes that I can use this for my own benefit, and you know props mm -hmm. herself up. I mean, like you look at, I mean, quote unquote cancel cult cancel culture over the year. People who get popularized from this viral video that makes them look like shit. They use it to basically create their own platform. I mean, if you look at. Um, maybe I shouldn't get into this, but like uh, the oh Catholic, the Catholic school kids at that were on DC, that were at DC. If during that, you know, um, that pro-life uh, March or whatever. And it was the Nick Sandman, uh, Sanderman or whatever. I, I don't oh. want to get sued. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. the, but you know, like the grinning, the uh, grinning guy who was with Nathan yeah. Phillips or whatever. 
Yeah. He has like a million followers on Twitter now. Mm. Like he used that. I mean, he's just a fucking kid. And right. I, you know, and there's so much controversy around that whole thing. Um, but like, you know, he sued a whole yeah. bunch of uh, publications. He won against CNN. I think he got a bunch of money. He used it to create his own platform. And he's just some nothing kid who has almost no knowledge about anything. Uh, used it for his own gain, mm-hmm. created a following of conservative bullshitters and is now set for life, has his own website and is now like somewhat like he's verified on Twitter, meaning like he has some authority on something when he just was in that, he's just in one viral video that kind of went out, got, got out of control. You know, actually, there's, is, another, mean, this, there's another white boy named Nick on TikTok and it's almost as if they duplicated because he just uses his profile for very, very similar objectives. And uh, uh, that just, it's kind yeah, of, I mean, yeah, of it's, course, it's, it's very. Shitty, but shitty, like, yeah. it, it is how people, but like, it's how, but there are like, not loopholes, but advantages people understand and realize. And so that's what they, they, that's how they can take control of their own narrative and create a fucking business model or, um, like their own it's they create brands out of com, uh, about like from doing shitty things that people pay attention to right out like, of nothing yeah exactly stuff that just doesn't and really matter at the end of the day that's actually like a really interesting like way to look at the ending too because like in a sense you know the other four they kind of just like especially like you know sam and chloe and rebecca like they're gone like you don't even see them at the end Mm. what what happens to them they kind of just they're done and they drop off and then mark you know he obviously and everything but it's interesting to look at it in the sense that like for nikki she was the only one that used it as a springboard and because of using it in that sense she's becoming like the people that they were emulating that whole time yeah. So it's just a it's just a repeating cycle. And then that that brings us right into, you know, the 2010s and influencer culture. And she's probably one of the first like that used something viral like that to actually yeah. springboard, you know, in that kind of sense. So it's it's interesting because it's just it's just a, a complete cycle. You know, you can even imagine her becoming Leslie Mann, of course. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's someone like on my way to Pilates class. Got to pick up a boba tea, you know, just. <laughs> and um, it's also very telling once again to uh, court. And you see that look that Rebecca gives Mark. And it's almost like oh, they're God. strangers it's now. It's just so. Yeah. I know, it's, it's just kinda, so it's, cold. It's cold and so pathetic, cold. of course. And you think about the conversation or like line of dialogue, even where it's like, you, <laughs> would you rob me if we weren't friends anymore? And it's like, uh, you're not sure if it's a concrete no. No, no I would never do that to you. I think yeah. it's what she yeah. says. Yeah. Um, right. I love how much distance we are. Like, like Nikki and maybe Mark are the only characters who really get a sense of who they are. Like, Rebecca and Chloe, I mean, we kind of, like, Chloe seems pretty fun and innocent, even though, like, she wasn't, like, a major player in all of this. She didn't really instigate anything. Hell, she volunteered for Lookout a lot of the time. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. and Rebecca, you never get a sense of her home life or whatever. I do, like, under, like, I think taking away some of the context of why they committed certain actions. I mean, they give certain ideas of, like, they were upset, you know. Chloe's just one of those girls who will just always say yes to everything. <laughs> True. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, 
but I think the idea of not, you know, laying out like laying a concrete reason and laying out like very detailed context for each character motivation. I think what Coppola is, I think, I don't think Coppola is holding these kids responsible. I think she's holding a culture around them that has influenced them yeah. responsible. I don't think she thinks Nikki is evil or like a horrible person. I, 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 I think like Coppola is really trying to make the point of like, this isn't really their fault, but this is, this is the monsters quote unquote monsters, not actual monsters, but these are the, th- this is what you've created. This is the culture. They're a product this is the, of their society. Exactly. This is the c- cycle that you have instigated through your absolute obsession with celebrities, materials, and um, it, it, it's all FOMO. <laughs> it's just it's funny, like, FOMO. Like they get so much recognition and they, uh, they become so infamous, but at the same time, there's like still hollowness and le- loneliness to it. <laughs> there's that right. shot of uh, of Mark on the bus going to jail, and it's like the from the outside window, he's just glaring longingly, and that's a shot that Sophie Coppola puts in all of her movies, where it's just yeah. someone mm-hmm. like dreaming of something more or greater, even though they're going through something big. Uh, they're going through a big transition in their lives. <laughs> they're still yeah. wanting more and they're still feeling like it's them against the world in, uh, in all of our projects, I think. And I feel like the whole situation just makes it even funnier. The kind of celebrities they ended up robbing. Right. It just, yeah. it keeps <laughs> getting funnier. The more I think about it, because it's like, again, they could have been robbing like, you had to look up Star- Adrian Partridge, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. That's the thing. They were, they were robbing like the influencers of the two thousands. They were robbing Paris Hilton, who was really the first <clears throat> big person to get famous off of absolutely nothing. Everyone was like, why is Paris Hilton famous for like five years? And by but this by point, that time in 2009, everyone... she's like at a low, like she is. Right. Like a, exactly. Like, no one cares about Paris Hilton. Right, but, like, and then the Hills was starting to, like, drop off, but, you know, these these kids had grown up with watching probably A Simple Life mm-hmm. and watching, yeah, the Hills, and, and they were like, I just like the clothes they wear, and it has nothing to do with who they are as people, because those exactly. people have no real personality, like, nothing really means anything concrete, which kind of reminds me, like, of YouTube culture and influencer culture, because, like, do people actually care about like Jake and Logan Paul? Like, I don't know. It's kind of beyond me now, but you know, right. it's just funny how, yeah, that's what they were emulating and that's who they were robbing. And even if like we now do steal from the Paul brothers, who's to say they'll, they'll, they'll notice too. D- yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Like David my- Dobrik in his Iron Man suit. Nice. I've never been so. Yeah. He's a like, 12, I mean, he's a 12-year-old. I think David would be and a great it, hang, but he's a 12-year-old. <laughs> I literally didn't know who he was until, like, a year ago. Someone had to be yeah. like, you don't know who that is? And I was like, no. Why, I mean, why he's a really genuine soul giving away all that money all the time. But at the same time, sure. like, you could take anything away Confession time. I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, he's... I don't know okay, who you're talking you. about. thank you. Thank you. I don't really know either. So he's a YouTuber that's, like... Captain America, essentially, he doesn't have a bad bone in his, in his body, and I and I, it's not like an Ellen DeGeneres kind of thing. Like I genuinely do believe that he is a fantastic person. 
Uh, just wait, he'll be canceled for something tomorrow. But and, is he um, still loaded is my question. I think he is, because he seems yes. to have an endless well. Um, and that's because everybody sponsors him, like Siki. He was a very infamous what, 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 what is he known for? Just being he, a YouTube. person? Yeah, but like, exactly. what, what like, were his videos? <laughs> was he a gamer? Was he a He does blogger? not do video games. He, yeah, vlogs are kind vlogging? of Vlogging? It's just vlogging, really. My little cousin watches <laughs> his videos, and they're not aimed at one audience. It's kind of... I, but what I do they consist kind of, of? Him just it's eating kind of cereal, him like... and his. <laughs> it's kind of him and his friends just, like, clowning around. And he'll oh, That's give, usually what it is nowadays. Yeah, he'll give his friends Teslas. Go, hey, guys, and they out. wake up every morning. Yeah. 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 How old like, is he? He'll, 12? He's, our, he's like our age. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's 12, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, Jesus Christ. But, um, no, I, I, and, and the point was, like, stealing from David Dobrik would be essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah why the yeah. fuck does he care? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, the whole thing about... But I, honestly, like, I think I would feel more sympathy... <laughs> I'd feel more sympathy for him if it, if it was the equivalent than I would true. Uh, Paris Hilton. <laughs> But. Yes. I mean, I also, I do want to say, shout out this. I'm really, I, I had no idea that they, this was, that was actually Paris Hilton's house because mm. like <laughs> when they show that her going up this, like going, them going, uh, the first time Mark and uh, Rebecca are at that, at her house, when they go up that staircase and you just see the like portraits upon portraits upon portraits or self portraits of Paris Hilton and like all the magazine clippings and just like it's just her face is all over and I think her face is on like their throw pillows or whatever and I'm like oh wow this this is a little much like I, I mean I, I get it but like I mean of course Paris Hilton wouldn't have this like at her actual house someone's this like narcissistic self-absorbed but you know like I think half of these photos would be there but not all of them like that's just too much space and then knowing it's actually no. like, her house little do you know <laughs> Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's, that's it's why so, it's even funnier. Like, yeah, no, it's wild. It she just it just yeah. keeps getting funnier. Yeah, it's because like, it's like <laughs> she's yeah. Of course, like the closet that they find is it's like a it's like a door that opens up with a push of a button. It's like hidden. like right. It's like three <laughs> it's closets yeah, within yeah. closets. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit didn't of like even have to we... work to make to make it like a scave like that shot like she didn't have to even work to make it scathing. Yeah, she didn't right. have to do, lift a fucking muscle. She just had to find a good <laughs> camera placement, and it's just like the most scathing thing you can see. Of just like it's just it's, I mean I don't know like it's crazy. It's just I mean it's, this is. <laughs> it's like clueless but real, you know. It's I mean it, sure there is some heightened sense, but I mean. It, there, there's some like you know, it's it's somewhat heightened with some of the characters, and um, it's not exactly reality, but I mean, it's crazy yeah. how yeah. it's just, it's so unashamed of its parody when it's actually reality. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. Um, and then and again, like, yeah. who's to say the difference between this and the house from like Parasite? It's only from who owns the house that you really care about, because Amy home could own these things but who owns but it's because it's it's owned by megan fox you're like okay there's a little bit more to this than any other right. businessman or woman who um who could have chanel and michael kors and louis vuitton hang up in their in their mansions you know that's also interesting yeah 
Oh, well, speaking of Megan Fox, that <laughs> the scene what? with her holding the gun in the oh, yes, finally. It's crazy. It's it's nuts. so it's so good. Just the way that like it lasts for so long and it just keeps getting more uncomfortable. But she's like, she's like, hey man, don't touch me. Hey man, I'm cool. It's cool. Like I, I noticed this this week for the first time. I didn't ever notice before, probably because I hadn't watched with headphones. But like right when she starts aiming, like waving the gun around, um, and Emma Watson's out of frame and she goes, babe. <laughs> she like says it really funny. She goes, babe. And Taisa Farmiga's like, hey, hey, I'm good. I'm good. And she said, you're fucking crazy. She says that out of frame and it's so funny. And she's like, no, I'm not. Not and then Mark walks up. It's so disturbing. Like it, it, it's legitimately going back to the Manson murders. uh, Honestly, (laughs) um, but it also just again, it's a through. It's the whole like all these scenes are just like a through line of you know of. I mean, people. Some people like, like to make the argument that every film has a thesis or whatever and that it's all like it's like this essay it has these very laid laid out ideas and it's all building up top of that thesis and I mean I think for some films it's more obvious than others and I I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with the idea that every film is like that but whatever um but if we look if we take that idea and put it to this movie her just waving the gun around with no worries thinking that nothing bad will happen is I'm not sure concerned for anyone's safety not concerned for her own safety like literally operating just like does not give a flying fuck because she thinks she is perfectly safe and nothing bad will happen because she mm-hmm. operates from this for, from this place of privilege and does not understand what consequences that, that, what consequences could come out of her just waving a gun around. Yeah, absolutely. She, and I think is it right. loaded? She doesn't know. She doesn't <laughs> care. I think it's just a really good shit of character development too to have her go into the True. boyfriend's house. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. just <laughs> and then it goes off. And then it goes off, right? Yeah. And they don't. <laughs> and they, and and they then, just and they, they end just start, up making out about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They just literally <laughs> go to like you know like um, having sex or whatever. Like they just do Third it right base. after. Yeah. They don't care. Right. It just happened, and they're like, "Oh, that was surprising." Let's, you know, let's fuck. It's just like, yeah, absolutely. It they're just on this completely different plane of reality. It's so telling. In a lot of these yeah. scenes, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know. I think this someone I wrote in my like my little letterbox entry of like how I I think how angry like this movie is. Lucy, furious. do you know what letterbox is, or should we explain it? <laughs> oh no, I never heard of it. Okay, so it's like this place where you get to log movies. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I do need Down to more. follow Clay though. Ooh. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. Oh. Everyone follow me. That's that's a good idea. Um <laughs> what's your what's your thing plug. I'll do it right now while you're oh, talking? We'll pl- we'll, we'll plug at the we'll plug at the end. We'll I'll I got I got my plugs ready. Don't worry. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. Well it's basketball face sixteen. Oh no, that oh, wow. <laughs> that's your six, yeah. that's your profile. That, 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 that seemed that was hurtful. I mean, that was just some scathing takedown on me. No, um, but like, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so I wrote my little letterbox thing about how I'm a big fan of how furious this movie is. Lucy, um, do we need to explain to you what letterbox? No, just... oh my, stop it. <laughs> Let him speak, Jesus. please. Thank you, thank you, Lucy. I have to deal with this guy every fucking week. Um, no, I, I have uh, to find a new co-host. So, stop it. 
So I wrote about how furious this movie is. I think this is a very angry movie. And someone's like, oh, I didn't even think about it like that. What makes you say that? And I mean, this might be getting ahead of myself, but like, look at some of these just revealing scenes of just how much these characters don't fucking care and they show all of it. And the film clearly knows it's ridiculous. I mean, and the entire ending, the ending itself, it's one of the most, like, I can just, it feels like Coppola's off screen, just like biting on a brick, like just seething with actual anger, watching like how, I mean, the question itself is like, well, how, how did Lindsay Lohan look? Oh, her hair extensions. Like, I mean, that whole ending of, yeah. you know, Emma Watson interview, like it just, it seems so angry to me of just like, this is the shit that's happening right now. None of this actually fucking matters. Um, it's just mm-hmm. like, and these kids just get to, I mean, I, I don't, I can't tell if the movie is mad that these kids quote unquote get away with it. I think it's just more mad that it was like this whole thing happened and the obsession with it. I mean, Mark says at one point how it's uncomfortable to think of how like obsessed people have gotten with him for doing something that's immoral. How Mm -hmm. we're fascinated with people who commit immoral actions and how they are more famous than people who are like, who are, you know, who are part of charities or whatever, people who operate on a sense of like, they want to be good. They want to make a, a positive impact on the world and how that kind of disturbs him, um, even though he is gaining something from it. It's almost like they're trying to blame it on trying to get carried away. Like they just yeah. got it. They just lost track of time, essentially. And the yeah, no, seriously. Getting ahead of themselves. It just became this thing. But I think Coppola is just that, it, that having that interview be the end of the movie having that be the capper is just like, yeah, nothing really fucking happened. Nothing changed. She's getting, she has a website now. Right. Who the fuck cares? Like, you know, life goes on. These kids, some of them, they were put in jail for nonviolent crimes or whatever. Like, right. like why, none of this matter. They stole from people who have so much fucking money that it didn't make a dent. Um, and they, and life goes on. None of this mattered. Goodbye. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen next time in five years or whatever. Like right. it's just it does not I th- stop. I think that's why. Like I know we've said this in a matter of words, but like the the layers to what it's about and what it's based on is so fascinating to me because it's it's for people like it's it's literally otherworldly on every level, and I mean mm-hmm. every level. Like the fact that they're robbing millionaires and the millionaires don't notice. And the fact that mm-hmm. they themselves are like born of privilege and they're doing it just for the fuck of it. They, it does nothing matters to them. Like their parents can pay for their bail, stuff like that. But then I just think it's so fascinating if you take it that, that next level. And it's just like Sophia Coppola, if that movie tanked, if this movie about all these privileged people tanked, like financially, she's going to be fine. Like, so it's kind of just so mm-hmm. interesting to me in that way. It's not the like it's are like continuing her to be passion. Yeah. Right. It's like not her passion project that she made on, on, you know, a couple thousand, a couple thousand dollars. It's like, you know, Francis is a producer and all this stuff. And it's like, it just, I think it's fascinating because like we said earlier, there's really no way to tell. Like, I feel like she detaches herself from things like that. Um, from people like that just and kind of sees herself on the outside in a way but 
I don't know. I just find it's really fascinating that it was her, but I also think she was the perfect person to make this movie. I yeah. feel like if it had been made by someone that, that didn't come from money, they would have been really hard on those kids. You know what I mean? They would have just painted them like full villains. But yeah. if, you know, it had been made even by someone that wasn't, didn't have this sense of humor or like, I think she's intellectual myself, like the levels that she has, they also could have been just painted as like, well, you know, there's no, or even a male filmmaker. I wonder like what, yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been just so much more, more throwaway <clears throat> than people already think it is. Cause I don't think it's shallow. I think it has depth if you're if you want to look for it it reminds me yeah in reputation it reminds me the most probably of like jennifer's body because mm-hmm. it's like for people that want to throw it away you know that's up to them if they think it's garbage if they think it's shallow and like i know a ton of people well, that don't like it right. oh yeah yeah like yeah, i love well. movies like that that just become cult favorites way later so right. i think I mean, it's all just interesting it says Josie. it all once um, uh, you see Mark's mom's reaction to the MPI coming, where she's like, mm-hmm. whatever you did, it's okay. And of course, it's mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. like mo- maybe a mom going into mom mode, but at the same time, um, she's just like, you're good. Yeah, like, yeah. You're not going to get a talking to. You're not going to get... Um, like you're still loved. And yeah, you're still going to yeah, have a, you're still a person. roof over your head, essentially, yeah. Yeah. I think this film, um, when we were talking about films that when they came out appeared to be shallow, but in like retrospect, like were actual like intelligent satires or examinations or uh, commentary on a certain mm-hmm. uh, co- um, complicated subject. Um, a few movies come to mind, obviously, but the one that really pops to mind is Josie and the Pussycats. Um, <laughs> A it's like film, one of my all-time favorites. It is a film that is an absolutely scathing portrait and satire of capitalism and marketability and, like, you know, consumerism itself. Yeah. And when that came out, people were like, "Oh, I don't think they realize how like <laughs> how dumb it is." Uh, you know, like, why is there like why you know they. Uh, how much did Coke pay them? How much did like Adidas <laughs> and Starbucks pay them? There is all these forced marketing throughout this entire movie. Like it's such a sellout. And like Robocop. They, yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's Robocop. I mean, fucking Starship Troopers or Verhoeven like is basically a movie that is a, a secret, like it, it's, <laughs> it's a propaganda film disguising itself as this blockbuster. It is making exactly. it, it's, it's this hidden commentary, and it's got like a fake, watch, fake glasses and mustache on. Exactly. When people watch these movies, they accuse them of being what they're trying to fucking destroy, or not destroy, but like yeah. you know, tackle. Um, you know, like Starship Troopers tries to figure out fascism and how, like, and the militaris, uh, you know, militarization, and um, you know, basically. Ha- uh, dangerous nationalism blah 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 uh robocop you know i mean a lot of these quote-unquote satires um and josie and the pussycats was but certainly very off as this shallow um mainstream heavy marketed you know piece of 
garbage that girls might like. But when it's actually like a 10 times better commentary on capitalism and materialism and consumerism than like Joker or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, even though it's completely two different films when they tackle, but they're tackling the same subject differently. Um, it's when, but it, it's so much more clever, and it, it it is actually so much more interesting. Um, it's not and, what uh, you're saying; it's both the way you're saying it. Essentially, it's it's true. Yeah, not to boil it down to basics, but and also they don't it, 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 they they make it obvious. It's and to make it uh, basically, it's it's all heightened so you can realize how dumb all this shit is right. and how like exactly. crazy it's like that meme of that we take for future and it's like you kids aren't ready for this but in a few years just exactly like, i mean that's with a lot of cult films but especially these so, ones that have this heavy commentary that people accuse of being what it's trying to comment on you know people thought that like people thought that all of that marketing and that and jesse postcast like all of the background logos or whatever they were paid for that no they weren't they used it as a storytelling mechanism and they used it as a com- like as commentary of the issue of the topics they were um tackling and same mm-hmm. thing with all these other films like yeah. oh starship troopers it's actually just like trashy propaganda stuff that is you know has Wait, some political yeah it's that <laughs> or robocop is this you know throwaway 80s exploitation yeah, right, film, and right, all right, these right. have this commentary that yes it is heightened but it makes it more that it, it just kind of it reveals it it pulls down the curtain yeah. this is what this shit is and that's the thing with the bling ring is, is i really gotta see josie and the pussycats really it's actually see. quite good oh yeah very I, I, good. it's, like, I it's it out, yeah. one of my all-time favorites 100 yeah. nice. legit oh, one awesome. of the better yeah, scripts written like in the in that like ever of those kind of films not yeah. ever no, I, that's not hard for me to say but like wow it's, it's incredibly really funny it's so it's yeah. really funny and so yeah. well written. Everyone just yeah. knows exactly mm-hmm. what tone it is. And Sweet. people yeah, accused yeah. it of being just like this airhead of a film when it's so much mm-hmm. smarter than that. It's right. 10 times smarter than like most of these prestigious dramas that are nominated for Oscars like Joker. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Joker's coming up so much, but it, that's just what, <laughs> but these faux deep films, these faux philosophical films. Lucy, just I'm rated getting, it yeah. highly, you know, we would not have. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting on this completely different tangent, but what I'm trying to say yeah. Is, no, 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 the Bling no, Ring is the scathing satire that people accused of being this shallow, shallow. like uh, this shallow yeah. film when it's mm. actually just sh- no. These people right. are fucking shallow. Don't you understand? Yeah. This whole culture yeah. and this materialism is shallow. It's fucked up. Let's talk about it. Sophia really you said it's it not is. you, it's me. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I mean, it's also kind of her with the with her <laughs> right. I mean, has, like we're saying, but, like, exactly what you mean. But, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm done. Sorry, that yeah, that got out of hand. You're done, like forever. Yeah, forever done. Okay. I mean, to be fair, Josie and the Pussycats is that good. Like, I really good. would wow. say that Josie and the Pussycats did what Joker could never do, and like people sure. thought that Joker did these things that, like, I think these kinds of films we're talking about are the ones that are worth analysis. Whereas it's like people wouldn't stop analyzing Joker. I'm almost done, but they wouldn't stop. And I'm like, there's, I really don't see that much there. Like, it's like all on the top. Can you not see yeah. that? That's, give that's us nothing. how I felt about it. Right, literally fake. give us it's nothing. It's amazing Joker, give us nothing. It's just a fake deep movie. And that's why I yeah. think that film got so much controversy is because, or not controversy, but like why so much critical analysis was laughed at because I think it's just because it's disguising itself as this, intellectual serious movie i mean at the end of the mm-hmm. day it says nothing 
And I think Nothing. that's why people are recount. Like, I think that's why people are now talking more about, I mean, I'm not saying this is, this is just because of Joker, but people point to, look at that movie that was accused of being the exact opposite of Joker, but it accomplishes exactly what Joker wanted. wanted Would to. you see it again when we cover it? Joker? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to question you have no the person problem. who picks it. I'm going right. to talk about it. I'm like going to DM or whatever <laughs> the person who picks that movie and just like get a sense of what, you know, like, but yeah, I probably would rewatch it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Unless, okay. it, no unless it would be like a tearing it to shreds sort of thing. But. Yeah. No, no more Joker. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> no Forever. I, I, I didn't. Really no, it was me. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, we, at the end of the day, I think that clown did it. <laughs> I think he did it. I, I think, think he, we should have I left that mischievous. No that mischievous clown did it. All right. Um, Do we have anything else to cover? Yes, I talked so much. Please let other people talk. Um. Yeah, I mean, try. Oh, I mean, Harris Savides. I, I think he shot this really well until the time of his his death. Um, right. It looks really, really good. And I, I got to see who took over for him, but it's Sofia Coppola's only movie shot on digital. Yeah. And she takes full advantage the, of that. Uh, yeah, definitely. You can definitely tell. And I did read something um, recently. I was doing research and their, the, their styles. That took over for him. That's uh, Kelly Wright, yeah. cinematographer. Yeah, that's right. Their, their styles meld very well you can barely mm-hmm. tell but yeah, yeah it's really sad that was his yeah his last one and she dedicated it to him and everything yeah I, i'm a really but he shoots uh uh david fincher's movies and and uh, Gus van sant's movies um yeah he's he's immensely talented he came up with mm. uh the zoom the slow zoom in on uh adrena patriot's um mm-hmm. home and it's it's just um, it just exquisite. That was almost going to be cut. I cannot believe that. It gives almost it's, not make it in. Crazy. It's just so the good. And I remember, insane. like, the feeling of watching that for the first time. And I was like, that was the moment that I realized this is like artsy. This is not like something that was made for everyone for some it is reason. Definitely like, she not the Lifetime go, movie. Yeah. yeah, she decided <laughs> to go this angle, whereas it's like it's like a three minute shot. And I was oh, just totally. like, this is something else and then when it ends and you're just like you're left with like what was that and I can't believe so many people just think it's stupid because I only get more out of it as time goes on like yeah and it's totally I, I feel like the um so it's it's such a an, an amazing look at Los Angeles at nighttime because I mean, right. that's that's timeless Ugh. like that that'll always it really look good. it's like it's like space like space always looks right. nice and it's it's Los Angeles in the Hollywood Hills. It's like there's At a night. few shots of Mulholland Drive like that, of just light lights. It's it's a bit like Times Square where it's like you see all these lights in in this kind yeah. of cloud of smog, you know. But um, <laughs> but it's you can still see them. Yeah, you can still see them. Um, there's something about it, and and like there's a, you could hear a few animals and like crickets chirping, but. And then they look like yeah. like Barbie dolls inside a dollhouse. It's, I know oh, it's, it's so brilliant, and they picked yeah. the perfect house for that too. It's just all so good. Like, mm-hmm. it's I just brilliant. It, I don't think they built the house that they shot it from. I think it's an act like so. Because oh, I'm they sure it's real build house. That yeah, set, you actually get it from a neighbor's perspective. That's mm-hmm. oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Was Claire Julian um, the only person from Calassus? What? I, don't, I think I'm not sure. I, I think so because wait, what are you had, saying? She was almost as if um, she was the only person from California. Like the actor who played Mark, he's from Mississippi. Obviously, oh, um, oh, yeah, and Watson is British. So she was. I mean, also she like is very consultant, Californian. Yeah, very Californian. <laughs> Apparently, Katie Chang, who played Rebecca, is from Chicago. She, she's from Chicago. Yep. Yeah. All so right. Um. Yeah, I, I want to highlight the. I think the raids are very interesting, and I mean they don't take up a whole portion of the movie, but I mean that's where you get a lot of interesting commentary in there with how they per- like. Not common. Uh, how do I say this? I think it's interesting how she portrays the cops. Um, how like yeah. she'll have shots where they'll have their hands on their gun while like going into Rebecca's. Um, Rebecca's place like they, they literally have like their hand on their weapon just like and, and I know that might be like standard police procedure but it is just it is like jarring to realize you're about to like break into a house with an 18 year old girl maybe maybe younger and you're holding like and you're having you have your hand mm-hmm. on an actual gun like you're in fear of your safety and and then there's this particular shot where they raid Nikki's just like place. Nikki had um, where yeah, when they raid Nikki's place and they all start coming through, and then you see like these two search dogs come through the door, and it's mm-hmm. just it it reeks of like parody. It's just like they need actual German shepherds to come help raid this rich person's house who's just right. stole some purses. Like he's like and like exactly. asking, do you have any weapons in the house? Like these are this is not like they don't have bombs or whatever. And like with all these resources and all these people going in i i just realized you know they could be like solving a murder right now (laughs) yeah that's what they're focusing on exactly like they could figure out maybe like i don't know like could solve like the last few rapes in la or something like they're just (laughs) but no they're just like wasting resources on these kids who stole some purses um (laughs) how serious they take it and there's also this one thing that i noticed i don't know if it's on purpose or not but like when they arrest mark they're pretty gentle with him you know like you know the guy kind of like touches him on the shoulder like hey you know your rights like you know and like all right we gotta move yeah gives him a pat on the back yeah exactly and then when they arrest nikki they're 10 times more rough with her they're like (laughs) horror like they you know like you know shut up sit down i mean you know grab her behind it like grab her arms they're hurting her they're you know lock you know they don't i don't think they even read her rights or they may they might do but like do it in this horrible like they don't even act like wait for her to understand any of it and they just like push her down and throw her into the car and it's so wait are you saying startling the could be misogynistic i'm not <laughs> well i'm i, I what? you know what you have an idea there that okay. i think we'll come back to um, <laughs> yeah. and we might need to write put a pin in it about it we're gonna put mm-hmm. a pin in this it's yeah. pretty revolutionary what you just said um but yeah no like i i think there's these subtle subtle things like that i mean just i mean honestly just having a scene play out I think Coppola gets a lot out of it. Just having this mm. shot where a dog, like two different dogs walk into this home. It's just, it is revealing. It already adds this idea into this, like, yeah, it's not much, but it just, it's, it's very telling. Yeah. Yeah. And the like a lot. She doesn't coverage. deal, she doesn't deal with like a lot of dialogue. Like her, yeah. I think Beguiled is, is hands down her, or yeah, I'll say Beguiled is, is her, her movie with the, the most dialogue. Um, at least dialogue in the oh, really? I, I, in my opinion, 
I, I think I it's. Like, I, I feel like no one says anything in that movie. I guess that's her <laughs> thing, though. Yeah, it is her thing. For Sofia Coppola standards, it's it has the most talking to each other. Because um, she's she's definitely moody. Like she she takes from like, Very you know, moody. Todd Haynes, and like and yeah. Jess Van Sant and people who are who just kind of create an atmosphere. Um, so just yeah, their visual style, his visual storytelling has always been super strong. Um, yeah, and, and those raids are, are definitely a prime example. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so you look through my. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Lucy, before we get to favorite scenes? Yeah. Well, um, just wanted to quickly ask favorite song from the soundtrack. Very important. <laughs> I got it. Memory. Well, unfortunately, there are two different Kanye songs on this, and <laughs> just it was a it was disheartening to hear it because I'm like, oh yeah, that yeah. would be the song, and oh, of course, and it's just it's literally right in the middle of whatever Kanye's doing. So I just in my notes, I think I wrote, oh Kanye, <laughs> oh Kanye. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure actually. Uh, I mean, there's some bangers in here, no question about it. Super um, dead mouse. Yeah. 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 That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they play in the club. I think, that's such like a last club scene. Oh, two one two. That's my runner up, two one two by mm. Azealia. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. Like, the fact that they have Kanye and Azealia like both in here is just so funny. <laughs> Drop it low, that's right. <laughs> my my favorite awesome. is uh, is definitely um Crown on the Ground by Sleigh Bells, the intro. Because yeah. I, I was already a huge fan of that album. I love that band and that album. And it's just love the it's intro. just noise. Yes, it's one of my favorite. Oh, that's like, right in the opening credits. Credit yeah. sequences. Yeah, it's one of my favorite opening like title so credit sequences like of all time. It's just endlessly entertaining and it gets you immediately amped up and then immediately dips back down. And it's just like, it's like she came up and just kind of went back down and it's just so good. I love that. This song. is like oh, totally. our fourth social media heavy movie we've covered on this podcast. So we we've done eighth grade, we've done um, the unfriended movies, both of them, and hmm. maybe there's one more I'm missing, and then there's this because there's a lot of Facebook in this, a lot of Facebook and the social because that was mm-hmm. the time, and they just post like a lot of pictures about stuff, and I mean that's where I get that's where I my whole this is Instagram. The movie take comes from like, it's right. There's a heavy idea of this is what this, you know, like, it, I mean, I don't want to say FOMO again, cause I've already said it like five times, but like all these pictures of them with fucking stacks of cash and the, like the best uh, hats they have that they stole or these beautiful uh, pieces Adora. of jewelry. It's yes. just showing off. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's, it's pure like there's that one shot of Mark in his bedroom, and there's so many briefcases and <laughs> uh, bureaus of, of uh, priceless Gucci and Michael Kors. Yeah, um, it does feel like someone's private story at this point. It's um, just in how it's kind of it's not something that you want everybody to see, but mm-hmm. you do want to post about it. Well, they post it. That's the funny thing is that they don't care. Like, like, like we've talked about, like they talk about it at parties. They brag yeah. to everyone. They post stuff that they stole. They take pictures inside the houses. <laughs> like they just don't care. Yeah. It's so, 
And I love and how I think they would Google even post the robberies so on, their, on their private story, even though like even though private stories restrict who you can and can't show, like they still want to show it off. But yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, this is just a great movie overall. Yeah, I love Sofia um, Coppola, one of my favorites. I um, need to get into more of her stuff, I do. I mean, I'm sure uh, we'll be able to cover it somewhere. That's 2010. At some point, oh, we'll yeah. be able to see it for this. And Beguiled, probably. Beguiled, yeah. Pick Beguiled. Maybe Beguiled my take will change. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, that'll be definitely an opportunity. Um, anything else we want to shout out real quick before our favorite scenes? Mm. Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah. Time for your Adderall. That's a great line in the beginning. <laughs> it just yeah. felt very. Again, those Girl's little, little jabs. Yeah, those little jabs. <laughs> Sophia sneaks sneaks in there to like just like yeah, this is the culture that they're living in. It's you know, it's like time for your. Vitamins. Do we want to read into any? Do we want to read into anything that Leslie Mann is married to Judd Apatow? <laughs> I don't even or, want to touch that. Or right just now. yeah, I, I'm or okay. Okay. Just in, in I, like how it's more celebrity culture. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's just layers for me. It's she's all also layers. the picture of she is very much the picture of California. Like her characters, and sometimes, you know, it it kind of sucks how much she's typecasted. But she is typecasted a lot as the Californian airhead. Yeah, of, like the, Cal- the typical California blonde. When she plays it so well. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm not complaining. I just wish, you know, as like, long as I it's self-aware, she, I'm good with she's, it. But you know. she's she's I she's think great. It is, yeah. yeah, she's never she's bad. Good. She's no, never she's bad. she's she's really good. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. There's a few lines in there. <laughs> what did Lindsay say when they're in the like interrogation room? That's like, probably the best line. Like, so it's funny. just so fitting. It's so fitting that, that yeah. like, that's, she's being interrogated and that's, like, what she chooses totally. to say. It's just so brilliant. <laughs> Secretary-style hooker. That's a great line. She's, uh, you can't have a... You can have leopard, leopard and zebra. And yeah, zebra. You, you gotta one. choose oh, one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. The best. Um, yeah, I'm ready for right, favorite let's scene. Get to, let's get to favorite scene. Uh... Does anyone have one on top of their head, or yeah, slow zoom in into the robbery? Okay, talked about it a lot. That's the scene that I, I will I, I constantly think about too, um, even from the first viewing. Um, right? Yeah, it's it's like it's like kind of perfect. It's they're like in a slow silence snow globe. Yeah, all silent. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to describe it. Snow globe. Okay, yeah. I, I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Um, mine. I should have had our guest go first. But... Oh, that's a good point. L- L- Lucy, do you have? Do, yeah, do you, do you have, have a favorite scene? scene? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so many. I think this. It's just so extremely well edited, and it's like a tight ninety minutes. So it's like really hard for me because this is the kind of movie that I'm more obsessed with, like cuts between scenes if that makes mm-hmm. sense like and it is like as a an specific editor, cut sure. after yes well. yeah. like a specific cut after a line like especially funny line really works but i think i'm gonna go from earlier and say my favorite might be um yeah just like chloe and her family eating breakfast i think it's just brilliant <laughs> after all those raids happen it's just too good and it's like there's so many singular yeah. shots like that like yeah, i do love the tit 
the titular shot of them like walking in slow motion the mm. one that's right there but <laughs> but Perfect i think yeah i'll yeah i'll say uh the shot of her eating breakfast because like at the very end they cut it perfectly because at the very end she realizes she's like you see her actually get yeah. scared it's the only time she's ever shaken the up in the movie, in and eyes. she crashed a car she crashed a <laughs> whole ass car and she's like suddenly fearful because those sirens are close and you know where she, she could have never get that close yeah she could have mm-hmm. her so, taken away right <laughs> yeah so I yeah I love her character and I'm gonna go I'll go with that and all my favorite lines are probably her lines like they're just so funny yeah she's the the least serious out of all of them which I appreciate (laughs) oh yeah she's just having fun um my interesting that how we're all three of us are kind of just focused on instead of like actual like set piece or not not set pieces but like these shots that really Mm, evoke something I think mine is going to be because so right, this... Coppola also did study photography at CalArts. So I mean, she's it's kind of like how go. Steve McQueen studied painting. Um, I think that my scene is so they just so they just broke into uh, Lindsay Lohan's house, and it's been well established that Rebecca is like infatuated with Lohan's style and is like a huge like is like kind of obsessed with her um Mm. and this was the crime of you know this was the crime that uh like the cream of the crop so to speak that this was her for her yeah or whatever this was the thing that she's been waiting for the most this is this was this was the most important robbery out of all of them yeah and her in the mirror with tears in her eyes and kind of like the slow motion just looking at herself and trying stuff on and just like it, it just it really just shows like how unhealthy and like how much this matters to her Vapid. yeah and it's that and it's just like how how emotionally how much it just affects her as a person of just looking to this mirror with like this jewelry that someone she likes has and how it's like bringing her to tears and it's just like, and you can just see how she's, you know, it's this, um, sometimes like, the, like mirror shots, like they're like over the shoulder or whatever, but it's like this, it, it's more like zoomed out to like the left of her, just her staring into the mirror and in slow motion, just basically kind of like how everything has just led up to this moment for her of just mm-hmm. like this right. pure euphoria of you know, this is the thing I've always wanted. This is, you know, like, I Mm -hmm. feel like I love Lindsay. This is the earrings that she, or whatever she wears, and, like, how much this truly matters to her. Um, That's such an interesting point, too, because, like, you know, we spoke earlier about how none of them, like, Paris Hilton, for instance, mean anything to any of them, but in that one case, that's why that shot is so impactful, because in that one case like and it is like the last crime they do they get caught pretty much after that and it matters to her and that's the one thing that like you see that glimmer of something for her like the rest of them are kind of just messing around you know they enjoy it for more shallow reasons but for her like that was her moment and that's also interesting like when you think about how she shuts off later and just like essentially doesn't speak again like except for 
to the cops and it's like mm. she's just kind of we right. she's the biggest mystery i feel like because the character like the person in real life was probably the biggest mystery but like that motive that i think sophia dug in there was is interesting because like yeah for a, for a moment that really did matter to her it was like probably one of the best moments of her life it's it's really interesting. it's a bit like she's stealing from a friend because once you enter <laughs> in someone's home it's like you feel yeah. like you're breaking bread and uh and so she feels as though she, she's vitally violating some kind of privacy even though mm-hmm. it's it's like Lindsay fucking lohan <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> true so yeah um do we have any uh before we start plugging is there any pieces or pieces oh, yes. of writing or uh reviews that you guys want to talk about when it comes to the bling ring because i have one lined up yeah i do too do you want to go first uh yeah sure so uh i didn't have time to go like do a huge deep dive but there's this review on letterbox that's you know it's it's pretty short but i think is really kind of perfect I, I i don't know it's just kind of sums up everything about this movie for me uh it's from matt singer he's a critic for um screen crush screen crush yeah matt singer rules. um yeah he's great but like uh, i'll just read the um last paragraph of his it's only like again it's like a three paragraph review but it just it just kind of sums up everything for me these kids were horrible criminals but excellent wannabe celebrities the most telling moment when mark says rebecca was in boldened by the fact that their faces weren't visible in the security video of their theft of uh, Adrena's uh, Patrick's house. He claims she got bolder after that because she didn't get caught. The movie suggests another theory, that she was annoyed that no one recognized her. Mm. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, he's he's a good writer and I just think that movie. I like that review. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of sums it all up for me. Um, So yeah, that's that's my plug. I want to, give a shout out to uh, Matt Patches and their Matt, the review that he, he did and the review that Wesley Morris did. Uh, I think Wesley Morris really intelligently compared it to uh, uh, hip hop and the, uh, the way that, you know, privileged white, white kids will, will sometimes invade that, that space and it's like that's a connection that I had never thought of before. So, yeah, we'll post those. Lucy, do you have any pieces you want to plug of writing or criticism or film or video or whatever? <laughs> I I couldn't find any videos because I'm actually working on a video essay about it right now. So we'll see how okay. that goes later. But plug that. But, um, I, I'm trying to like upload it. It's actually been uploading while we've been talking. So hopefully it, oh, it doesn't look horrible. And then maybe, maybe it'll be up soon. We'll see. But actually I only found joke ones that I really like that are recent. Amazing. So go. I'll just pick one. Yeah. Send those over too. We'll go. Okay. We'll, we'll go with um, this one by Evan. It's just a recent five star. Cause I only looked at the five stars of course. And it said, there's been a mistake. The bling ring. You guys won best picture. This is not a joke. The bling ring is one best picture. Bling <laughs> ring, best picture. And that's the review. So I like that. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Yeah. It really sums it Pretty up. Good. I mean, Pretty it's good. actually. That's what I think. It's actually true too. I actually did win best picture. Yeah, it's actual fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is in well, our best picture. Yeah. Your heart yeah. out. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, oh my god. Uh, Those movies are actually very similar when you think about it. 
all right plug time lucy thank you so much for coming on yeah this was a delight uh, thank, you, for being thank here. you guys this was this really was great fun. Please yeah. come back anytime. Uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? Your YouTube channel, your letterbox, all of it. Your Vimeo. Vimeo. Um, most of my stuff is Hey Lucy May, but my letterbox mm-hmm. remains um, death proof. And there you go. yeah, my my Twitter is Hey Lucy May. That's where I'm usually at. And if the if the YouTube video essay happens, I'll I'll be uploading it. Sweet. <laughs> oh, we will awesome. share oh, we'll it on our social media too because that I can't wait sounds for that. great. All right. Hopefully, it's so. not bad. It won't. Be. I can't imagine tell the quality. <laughs> so. Could you imagine if it's like it just uploads four seconds of it? It's like <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like just kind of loading those four seconds. It's like yeah. Um. Yeah. That'd be. Fun. But no, I'm. I'm really looking forward to that though. Jack, where can people find you? All right. Uh, I am on Twitter at Jack A. Draper, and my writing about movies can be found at The Simple Cinephile and Cineflix Daily. What about you? Well, everyone can follow me at Clayfilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Oh, by the way, speaking of writing about movies, uh, everybody should check out Lucy's piece on Variety, which was insane. Yes, thank you. even as a kid like variety yeah variety always seems like such an adult thing so that's like i I don't know like it just seems like another website now but my perception of variety is like oh that's so like mature so i'm I'm just so impressed that's so cool thank you so much of course it was very cool for sure (laughs) does it like not seem (laughs) like it happened does it like seem no it feels like it does not feel real at all it does not (laughs) it feels as real as taking woodstock I've yeah, also written for exactly. Variety. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. It's under I've actually written like a thousand articles for Variety. Just no one noticed. Yeah, it's all under. Um, I'm a, um, yeah. But, uh, is this your, is, I, f- I think I found your, your letterbox, by the way. No, it, if it's, it's me with my dumb with face on background. it, that should be it. Yep, okay. It's following. me with a bow tie. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And you gave it, like you, just, you gave the bling ring four stars, so it's a I little did. low. I hope you'll think <laughs> I, on I, it. I did. I've been and changing my rating. yourself in the future, yes. both of you. I, I've been changing my rating system a little bit, so it's under, it's under review. Let's just say. All it's right. Under review. Yeah. Um, shout out, guys. You should all join. Um, <laughs> everyone can follow the podcast Twitter account. I mean, this is kind of the Letterbox episode. Um, everyone can follow the podcast account on Twitter at ETTPod, where we post links and such, and you can find all the writings we've mentioned on there when this video uploads. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Please give us those five stars. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail on Anchor, a comment or a question. Who knows? Um, next week, we have... We're going back to the well. Of going back to Snow the well. Back. No bomb back. In the Meyerwood stories with Brianna Ziegler. Meyerwood with Brianna Ziegler. That's going to be very fun. Ooh, Brianna. Cool. Yeah. Uh, man, it's crazy how people say yes to this. Like, people that are actually, like, intelligent <laughs> and nice and funny and also, I mean, I wouldn't. like, are somewhat, like, are, prof- like, we've had, like, professionals on here. Right. Yeah. What? <laughs> people who are, like, paid money to talk. Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> It's, it's very weird. Not real. It's like Lucy's variety piece. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's fake. It's completely. It happens. It's like taking, hey, it happens. Yeah, 
It's like taking Woodstock. It doesn't happen. It, it's just, it's not, it's not real. It's just not. It's a like real the thing. wind ring. It has layers. I mean, come on. It has, it a has lot layers. layers. Um, yeah. Fakeness. So next week, my wood stories with Brianna Ziegler. We're going to get our Sandman on. That'll be fun. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, be fun to police and Black Lives Matter.